Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you've always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined today by James Key. Hello, James. What it do? <laughs> what it do, indeed. What it do? Uh, does, just, anyone, does anyone even say that anymore? Does anyone ever no, say what it do? No, all right. no I, I mean, I don't think people say that anymore, but who knows? We're old men, and uh, maybe uh, that sort of lingo is uh, over our heads now. How do kids greet each other cool these days? Point. How do kids greet each other? I don't know. They say bet a lot. But I think, isn't that like, like, you know it. Like it's like an agreement of something. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bet. Yeah, but what is, I, what is, I, a gre- I what are their greeting? I don't know. I'll, you know what? I'm going to text my nephew and. How old is your nephew? I mean, it might be a very Toronto thing. Like, I don't know, is fam still a thing? Like Toronto people say that shit a lot. Sup fam? Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm going to say, how would you What's say poppin'? hi to your friends in like a cool young person kind of way yeah i know like the new vernacular is like no cap cap all that kind of thing right yeah it's a lot of that a lot of that stuff uh, there's a lot of stuff on the schedule today to talk about, as, of course, this is a sports podcast, and you can follow along on social media at 43.6 and also on YouTube. If you search 43.6, make sure you subscribe over there as well. Today, we're going to talk about NFL Week 3, NFL Pro Bowl, sort of, PK Subban announcing his retirement, Jersey sponsors, and a couple of gentlemen who are currently chasing history, as well as some sort of white rabbit. All of that and a whole lot more today on 43.6. As mentioned, make sure you follow on social media at 43.6. And today's episode, episode 24, is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, but we will talk a bit more about them later. But first, we want to talk about our week, and it's been a while since James and I have discussed anything, and I don't know what's happened in your week, James. Why don't you tell me? Uh... I do. It's funny. Like we uh, we did the video game thing. and We talked about Portal Two, and I was just telling you. Like I've gone back, and I've actually started playing Portal Two. I've actually started playing a ton of things. Um, like I, I guess I've recently gotten bitten by my video game bug again. So like I'm doing a whole like retro video game display in my place uh, with some of the stuff that I have. I'm like, and now, but I'm like, I'm going back and I'm picking up things that I haven't picked up. So like. We talked about God of War. I also downloaded Final Fantasy VII Remake, so I've been doing that. Um, people keep telling me to jump into Last of Us, and I just saw the trailer, um, which looks pretty intense. But like again, I don't know if I like. I've never been super into like horror games, um, you know. So like, hmm. yeah, I don't know if I call it a horror game. It definitely has horror elements. It's but the tension thing, man. Like, I don't, I don't know that I want to. Like, I play games to relax and chill and escape. Like, I don't want the tension. I get enough of that at work. I don't need the. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need Joel and Ellie telling me that I have like eight seconds before I die. You know, so like even in Mario, like I never hit the the quick countdown clock. I don't need that kind of tension. I still you know? think we do need to uh, get the three of us together and play uh, do a let's play of Last of Us. Especially leading into the television series, which I uh, dude, I don't is, mind. Like that's one of those things. Like I wouldn't mind like sitting with people to to do it. Like I wouldn't bother me. 
um, playing like around people, but I think it's more like doing it myself. I would be like, oh, you know, if I was just chilling here by myself, nah. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I did all see that trailer that dropped, and oh boy, I am so ready. I am so ready for The Last of Us on the HBO. And it looks like they are staying very close to the source material. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Pedro Pascal, like, I, th- I know he doesn't look exactly like, but he pulls off the Joel thing, again, coming from a guy who didn't play the game, like, he looks like everything I've seen in a cutscene or whatever. Yeah, I don't necessarily, I, I heard that criticism of people saying, oh, he's not Joel, and why don't you just use Troy Baker, or why don't you just use Ashley Johnson for Ellie, because they're adults, <laughs> well, mainly, well, Ashley Johnson's an adult, and... Troy Baker is a voice actor, and God love him. And I know he does other things, but like he's predominantly known as a voice actor. If you want to make this show successful, you are going to need a big-time actor to be your lead. And that's Pedro Pascal. He's incredible. Yeah, and we'll, well, it's funny you mention that, because like, we'll get to this with like other concepts, I think, throughout the show. But like the video game people who think this show is made for them, like it's not made for you. It's It's made for people who might not have enjoyed the video game because like if you want the content in that form like play the game <laughs> like, that's, what, that's what the game's there for right right um i think this is to make it more like accessible and and you know like digestible for those who you know aren't necessarily video games but like if for all intents and purposes it's a sweet narrative right so um yeah so i've just been kind of doing that um yeah and working away man what about you I know you, you made me a pretty sweet offer Saturday that I couldn't take you up on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was on Friday or it might have been Thursday when I was awarded a couple of tickets to the Toronto Maple Leafs preseason game on Saturday afternoon. And James is unable to go, but that's okay. My nephew did go with me, who has responded actually to my text. Oh, shit. I said, uh, what? So when I said, how would you say hi to your friends? He said, um, I don't know. What's, <laughs> but he, then he said, what are man saying? <laughs> so he would like literally walk up to someone and be like, yo, what are man saying? <laughs> um, and then he's like, why? And then I told him the context. And, and I said, James said, what it do? And he responded with, yeah, what it do is pretty whack. <laughs> Laughing my ass off. But the guy said whack. <laughs> like, what? What is this, 95? Yeah, he's calling you whack. He's saying, yeah, but whack is yes. like a 95. I guess maybe he's doing a double... Like, hey, I'm going to use an old-ass insult for you. Like, I do kids are saying whack. Whack was like crisscross, wiggity-wiggity-whack. Oh, no. It, yeah, I'm sure that's been around forever. I'm, so how do we decide what place. things stick around and what things are old? So if whack can stick I around, why can't what it do? Kawhi, Kawhi yeah. won a championship on what it do. <laughs> I mean, it, you're, you're not wrong. See? I know. It's one of those things that like your nephew's actually <laughs> <laughs> society is like drops certain things every so often and there's no real rhyme or reason as to what gets dropped. Right? Like how do how do how does society choose when when the vernacular is gone, right? Like how do they decide that this is this is no longer cool? We don't we don't say I don't know, I can't even think of anything. But you know, how do how do they just decide that it's over? I don't know, man. It's weird. Weird as shit. But anyway, Leaf game, your nephew. Yeah, so I went to the Leafs game on the Saturday afternoon. So it was a split squad game. 
there was one game on Saturday afternoon and one game at Saturday night, both against the Ottawa Senators. And it was fun. Uh, it was definitely an interesting crowd, right? Because it's not the typical Leafs crowd. I'm not the typical Leafs crowd. I don't have enough money to go to Leafs games. You have to be like rich, rich to go to Leafs game. Or eat shit and sit in the very last row or like... And still pay way or, too much. Or for standing, standing room at the top. And you're still paying way too much for yeah. it. Uh, there is... I don't think I'll be able to find it, but someone sent me like this graph recently of here's all the NHL buildings and we factor in the average ticket price, average price for parking, average price for a hot dog and a drink. And I think the Maple Leafs were either number one or number two for most expensive building in the league. Like night out. Like I got to imagine the Rangers are up there too, right? I, it might've been Rangers one Leafs two. I wonder if I can find it, but it doesn't surprise me just how insanely expensive everything is. And, you know, the lease is definitely one of them. So at the game on the Saturday afternoon for a split squad preseason game, it was definitely a, you know, a more family friendly crowd with the exception of the guy behind me who kept cussing at people. <laughs> like he was yelling at uh, Cam Talbot and like he was like, I guess he was trying to chirp him, but like he was saying stuff like Talbot who? Who's Talbot? And I'm like, are are you like, chirping this guy like insinuating that like you don't know who he is or do you legitimately have no idea who cam talbot is he's had like a 15-year career in the in the nhl like also which of how, these things are where, true right now where were your seats uh it's in the 100 level oh, okay because i was gonna say i hate like the, the one thing that really like pisses me off sometimes are guys in the like the sprite zone and <laughs> like nba games and shit just trying to get their chirps across and like buddy you know that he's not gonna hear you like I mean, even as we are like 19 rows up from the ice. So if there was no one in the building and no one making any noise, it's possible that Cam Talbot would have heard him. But in this particular situation, there is no chance that there are some dudes who just don't have it in the chirp department. Right. Like there's I've I've been to a few sporting events, even as recently as like TFC. And there's just dudes who just don't like. You lack you lack the necessary necessary. They are necessary. The necessary skills to execute a chirp. Like there should be a class for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad, but it was a fun time. Uh, even though it was a smaller crowd than normal and a different crowd than normal, it was a good time. And you, I got to see a lot of players that are on the bubble right now and you don't know if they're going to make the team or not. And Dennis Mulligan was one of those guys. <laughs> that like that man scored, didn't he? <laughs> he did score. And it looks like they're putting him with, uh, was it Tavares and Nylander currently on like practice lines and stuff. So I don't well, know if it was that long. I think it was that line that he ended they, up on. And... They have a plethora and it's not on the schedule today. Plethora? Sure. Plethora. Is it a plethora? Plethora, plethora, plethora. I think it's a plethora of injuries right now. Like they're not, they're not in good shape up and down the lineup. But, um, before we get like, before I want to touch on that, how, how much in debt are you? How much did, did this day set you back? Like in terms, cause I'm assuming you paid for food and stuff for your nephew too. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Cause he's an adult. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, uh, he was on his own for that. But I mean, all I got was a hot, I got a foot long hot dog that cost me like $20. Um, 
parking, I use my staff parking, so it only cost me like 10 bucks, so that's all right. Although... <laughs> they still charge um, staff for parking. That's unreal. Yeah, it's brutal. That's like something I wish would go away eventually is just... And even not just at the ACC, which at least you can understand the parking situation where it's, you know, it's right downtown and it's yeah. limited parking and there's, you know, 20,000 fans that are showing up that is also parking at this facility. So it's understandable. But when I was working at an office at, you know, midtown Toronto yeah, and I was paying 200 something dollars a month for parking, like this is just to park my car at just work to do my job right to do my job i have to pay for parking yeah and it was the same obviously. for me when i worked at queen and peter near the J- near the roger center um it was like luckily we only went in one or two days a week but still it was like 14 dollars a day and i mean if you if you're full-time well i was full-time but like if you're full-time like in an office setting and you had like you drove and like people will say we'll use transit no f- like fuck you man like I own a car for a reason, <laughs> right? Like, you know, so yeah, parking is ridiculous. So um, back to the Leafs, like Angval's hurt. Uh, Muzzin, Lilligren is hurt. Muzzin is hurt. Lilligren is hurt. And I don't know what was going on with Murray, but he was not one of the four goaltenders who was on that split squad game. So I don't know if he's hurt or they're just trying to like they had some guys on PTO, so maybe they're just trying some guys out and they know that Murray's gonna be on the team regardless. But I that was interesting the, to see that he wasn't there. So I watched a, the second half of the evening game on TV. But I'm interested because I have some opinions of, of what I saw. Who and, I, and it's first two games, so as Toronto Maple Leafs fans, we're overthinking this already. But like who who stood out for you watching that game? Like who who said who looked like they were they were in it to win it. So there's two things that I immediately remembered now that you say this. Uh, one was I was very annoyed that Nylander was on the ice with some dude who was wearing number 29. And every so often, like my brain would just forget that Nylander's not 29 anymore and now he's 88. So you see an 88 and a 29 skating around is freaking me out. But in terms of actual players that I thought was really good was Steves. I think Alex Steves can be really good in this league. But it's just going to depend on whether he gets an opportunity or not. He always seemed like he was in the middle of everything. I think he scored a couple of points at least. He might have scored a couple of goals, actually. Um, one was an empty netter, so take that for what it is. But I felt like he was always in the middle of everything. And even a guy like uh, Goddet, I liked his speed. Like, he is deceivingly small. And by that, I mean he looked big. And I looked it up. He's like six feet tall. I'm like, oh. So like I, I thought he was a lot bigger I than he was. So maybe broad, he plays bigger or carries I think he's himself broad bigger. shouldered too. Like I think yeah. he's very yeah. That could be it, but like I was looking at it like, oh okay, cool. They're adding some like size to this line of Matthews and Marner, but no, he's an average I mean, average NHL size player. So well, but I, I, I liked his I liked his play, I liked his speed. He's hurt too. He's day to day. Um of course. But I think the I think they have him penciled as the fourth line center. Um uh, the evening game, I'll tell you, the two people that stood out for me were Abe Kubel, um, who was hitting, like he, he took out Josh Norris, albeit a little bit of a cheap shot, but I had a conversation with my pops and I was like, you know, for the amount of softness this team has had in the last five years, 
Like, I'll let a cheap shot go every now and then, it just as long as somebody does something, you know? And then um, Callie Yarncroft scored two goals, and he looked fantastic. Um, and, you know, when they had the, him as a signing and everyone was like, like what, really? Um, guys never scored more than 15. Like, keep in mind, he's never scored more than 15-ish on lower-scoring Nashville teams. You know what I mean? Uh, and then he went to Seattle. You know, like, sure, there's a lot of opportunity there, but you're not playing with, with necessarily highly skilled players. And uh, and then he went to, to Calgary just for a short stint in the playoffs. So I would I would be prepared if he gets an opportunity. I think they have him penciled on the third line um, with Kampf, but if he gets a crack at the second line, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him score 20 at least. Uh, but I still think they need somebody to jumpstart that second line, and I'm sure we'll get into that in the coming weeks. But you know, whether that's Nick Robertson getting a long look, or, or they go outside the organization, as as Elliot Friedman has teased, um, or it it could be a guy like Steves too. Yeah, I mean, you know, good teams are able to pull from within. I mean, you look at all the teams that uh, look at Pittsburgh, right? Jake Gensel um, pulled from within. Like that's a good example of of how good teams are able to do that. Um, or even Florida, like you could say Mason Marchman at the time, like he, I know he was acquired, but he wasn't, he wasn't acquired to be a top player and he became one and they pulled him from within. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, but another guy actually that was playing really well and you're going to hate this was Justin Hall. No, I don't hate it. I just, I just want, I want a dude who's that big to be physical. That's always been my, my thing is just, I, I thought he was physical enough. And he didn't look badly out of place in any times, and that's always been the criticism for Hall. Like he always makes that bonehead play every now and then. But he scored a goal. He there was a number of times where there was a great outlet pass, and I would look down like who's and like oh that was Justin Hall. Like he man's he playing was like he doesn't want to get incredible in that game. He's playing like he doesn't want to get traded to Chicago. That's what it is. Or he's playing like he's trying to up his trade value. I don't know. I, I think. <laughs> I think well, I Justin think this is the Hall last year of his contract. This is a contract year. Yeah, that's also a good point. And we've seen a lot of interesting things on contract years. Uh, before we move off the Maple Leafs, although that would have been a really good segue, um, one thing that I wanted to talk about is something that I experienced at this hockey game. And I guess I don't go to enough hockey games to think this was a thing. I didn't think this was a thing that happened in hockey games. I thought it was only in baseball games. Oh, God. They were doing a wave at this game. And the wave went around a few times. And I can't stand the wave. The wave it's is the probably the most ridiculous thing ever. It's it's probably the worst thing you could do cuz like you you're visually distracting. <laughs> so like if you're if you're if you're actually supporting the home team, it's probably a pretty terrible thing for you for you to do, right? But like I think it comes from, like, you see the wave, like you said, a lot of, like, family games. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, and this is going to sound a little bit, like, what's the what's the sexist equivalent for economics? <laughs> right? Elitist? Classist? Classist? Or Classist, elitist? elitist, yeah. I think when when people who normally can't afford to go to these games, they they do things that are almost cliche or, like, they want to do it because they have the opportunity to. Um, and, like, I'm not going to knock them. If they're having a good time, like, sure, right? Like, But I personally hate it. But you know what's worse than the wave itself? 
the one fucking dude at Jay's games who tries to get it going. Tries Each to start time, it's like, God, everyone, one. Guys, let's go. And you're like, no, man, just sit the fuck down. Right? Like, how we both just rubbed our faces. At a, blue, it, at a Blue Jays game, how many times that happens where it's like, dude, it's a one run game in the seventh inning, and this game means something, and all you idiots are just trying to start a wave right now. Or you're down like, six to it, two. You're down six to two, and they're like, let's do the wave. And you're like, why don't you just fucking go home? <laughs> yeah, no, the way, I don't know. It's. It's hard, right? Like, I think in those scenarios, like, the, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, the in context, right? I think that's fine. But if it was, like, game 12 of the season, I'd be like, eh. You know? They could win the cup, and I'd be, and they'd be trying to do the wave. I'd be like, sit the fuck down. Or do, do something yeah. else with your hands. And so, and that's another thing why I kind of give it a pass is like it's a preseason game. It's a split squad preseason game at one o'clock in the afternoon. Like, but if there's you, ever a time to do a wave in a hockey game, that might be the time. But do you know what I? You know what I actually bring that up. You know what I do appreciate uh, more TFC and like even in football in general is like European football, not NFL. Um, is chance in general? Like I think though, like if you're gonna have fun and get into a game, like I think chants are totally the fucking way to go and if and if we get a chance when maddie comes back he shared me a video from his uh korean baseball game the giants right you saw that right in the in the discord yeah, I saw it. uh where it's basically like a, a soccer game uh in the supporter section of the the baseball game and i wish more of that would come to to sports like hockey chants are so fucking boring right like it's like it starts off like this it's like go leaves go goalie go and the goalies go and then eventually just fizzles out right like i wish there would be more creativity i wish there'd be more like investment it feels like but it's i mean they're probably also jaded for the last 58 years or whatever it is right yeah it is hard to get people behind this <laughs> behind a maple leafs team sometimes but you're right like it, there's a significant difference of how people react to different sports and how they react in different places and you'll go to one city and it'll be completely different than it will be here. And absolutely, when you go across the other side of the world and you look, see a baseball game, it's a completely different thing. Just like when we go to a Canadian football game here, it's it's one thing. <laughs> but when you go see an NFL game, it's something completely different. And they're tailgating out there. The Buffalo Bills Mafia is putting each other through tables. It's It's a whole scene over there. And this past week... In the NFL, week three was a scene indeed. Um, something I think we should talk about right off the top. Um, we have NFL picks that we normally give out every single week. And not only did you get uh, three picks last week from myself, James, and Maddie, who was over in another part of the world, still sent in his pick. We also got a pick from Anthony from the Not After 30 podcast. And all four of those picks, if you guys... Listeners to this program, if you were smart enough <laughs> to, to not take our picks <laughs> and then do the opposite of what we told you, them in the garbage, happen, that would have been a four pick parlay for you. Yeah, and uh, I took Buffalo over Miami, Ooh. which did not happen. Thanks, that's to a waste of your Buffalo. Actually, pick. The ass punt might have helped it. Actually, that's a huge waste of your Buffalo pick when you think about it. I mean, is it because yes. we don't know what the Buffalo Bills are? They've won two games this year. We'll get sure. into that. We'll Josh get Allen's in. a great quarterback. We'll, we'll get we'll into get it. In. But I'm just saying, like, we don't know anything yet. It's week three. 
Uh, James, you picked the Raiders over the Titans. That didn't work out for you either. Maddie picked Kansas City over the Colts. That did not work out for Maddie. And Anthony picked the Bucks over the Packers. And that didn't work out either. So we're going to have, we're going to regroup at the end of the segment with some more picks for week four. And if you're smart, maybe you'll just bet against us for the rest <laughs> right? of the season. And you will be thanking us, or your uh, accounts that you bet in will be thanking us Where do you- after not taking our advice. Where do you want to start? There's so much that went down. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'll defer to you. Well, I'm just gonna go from the top to the bottom. Is that my computer? That's that's my computer making this noise right now. <laughs> I don't think you can hear it because it's like I have it muted going through to you. But there's like on this website I just went to. There's this like video that auto played. Oh, and it word. was like some weird Volkswagen ad. And I'm looking around. What is that <laughs> what sound the right is now? That? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, okay, I think going forward, I'll never use this website ever again. But we'll go from top to bottom. So it was the Steelers and the Browns on Thursday night. Um, thank God that one was on Amazon Prime. So no one had to watch it. And we will move on from there. The, <laughs> the Texans and the Bears. Um, I think the one interesting thing with that game is that Montgomery looks to be hurt. And he may be hurt for a while. So Khalil mm-hmm. Herbert came in. And oh boy, did Khalil Herbert come in. Khalil Herbert. And I said this. Had, we said this in the previews. Did, did yes. I not? I said Khalil Herbert is a beast of a fucking man. And if if the the Bears and everyone called the Bears a shit team and they still may be a shit team. But the two backs of Montgomery and Herbert is a wonderful two back system. Yeah, and Herbert had twenty carries for 157 yards and two touchdowns. So you can count that three point victory over the Texans firmly because of But how Khalil good Herbert. how good have the Texans looked so far this year? Like for the Texans? For being the Texans. Uh, they haven't I mean, been sure. terrible. I, I guess. Like, they were competitive in this game. I'll give you that. Right, you know. We can move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then Not we had the Raiders and the Titans. Um, I think story here is that we finally saw the arrival of King Henry. Still not like the expectation that I expect I, that I would have expected Derrick Henry so far. I think a lot of people are still waiting for him to be the dominant player that he always has been, but... Yeah, 20 carries, I, 85 yards, and a touchdown is a nice start for Derrick Henry to start moving in the right direction. Yeah, I have Derrick Henry in fantasy and um, just been kind of, you know, waiting for him to, to wake up. And I, I think, uh, first of all, I don't think any of us expected the Raiders to come out 0-3. Um, no, not at all. And, you know, I know Hunter Renfro is now out, but um, their their offense should be a lot more dynamic. Um their offense shouldn't depend on Hunter Renfro. As much as I like Hunter Renfro, that, I think that's what I'm trying to the, say. He's the third option on that team, right? Right. You know, um, you know, the Waller is, is great. Devonta Adams is great. Um, you know, we, even last year we saw the performance of Derek Carr being passable, right? Like he was, um, for all intents and purposes, you know, a competitive quarterback. We have not seen what we thought. Like there were uh, people were calling the Raiders to win the division. I mean, I think that's impossible now. It's going to be an uphill battle for sure, uh, starting at 0-3. But two of those games were away. So when they go sure. back to Vegas, we'll see how that works out for them. Then we had a interesting matchup between the Chiefs and the Colts. I did not expect this to be a 20-17 to final. 
I did not expect Mahomes to throw one touchdown. I, I didn't expect no uh, Taylor to have 71 yards. You know what I mean? Like, I did not expect this game to be as low scoring as it was. And there was times where the Chiefs just looked like they couldn't get anything going. They looked like they had no idea what, yeah, like what was going And I mean, coming off the absolute thrashing the Colts took against the Jags last week, and we can get into that, those guys too soon. Um, I like I thought playing the Chiefs, like you're already demoralized, and then you have to go up against probably, you know, top four quarterback in this league. And somehow Matt Ryan gets it done. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what the Colts are. I don't. I mean to to, to lose yeah. to lose to the Jags. Like the Colts have pieces. Like we, we talked we talked about this, and you know they have you know I mean they have potentially the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor. You know, um, LaMichael no what's a no Michael Pittman Jr. I almost said LaMichael Perrine because I was I don't know why. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. Like they have. Like, there's something there. And like I said, Matt Ryan should be a steady hand at quarterback. Like, woof. But again, that game wasn't very entertaining. No. And you expect it would be based on those two offenses. Well, at least you are at least it's you think it's going to be at least entertaining or a thumping by the, the Chiefs. But it I'm was starting not. to really doubt the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs, this, I mean, the first game they've lost this year, but. So here's the I've, thing. The Chiefs have never had a solid running game. And losing Tyreek Hill is an option. I feel like like it's just too narrow, right? Like it's too this. And I think if you're opposing defenses, I think, you know, you get through that O-line, you put a little pressure on Mahomes. And I know, you know, the whole thing about Mahomes is how well he's been able to perform and, and make those kind of acrobatic outside-the-box throws. But, like, I don't know, man. You need guys to catch it, and I don't. I don't know that they have the horses up front to, to figure that out. And I mean, the Chiefs are supposed. I, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, I think everyone thought they were going to be this next kind of, you know, dynasty. But I almost, I almost akin them to like Green Bay. Like I think they're going to follow a very similar path where, you know, they'll be competitive. They've won a Super Bowl. They might get back. Will they win another one? Like, I don't know. Like, Rodgers is probably not going to win. Like, if they don't win this year, Rodgers is going to walk away with one Super Bowl. That's crazy to think about it. Right? That's what I mean, right? And then, but he gets he gets talked about as one of the greatest, like, greatest or great quarterbacks, at least of this generation. You know, and, and Mahomes might be the same thing with, with a ring because, you know, like, and I get he's still young, but it just, it, like, I get that same feeling. You know, of the Packers and the Chiefs. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Then we had what a lot of us would call the marquee matchup of the 1 o'clock games. And it was the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think everyone lost money on this game. (laughs) I don't know if anyone predicted the Dolphins to win this game. I don't know if anyone predicted this game to go under. It was just one shocking moment after another all capped off by punting the ball off your your pp's asshole and i don't know if i ever seen anything like that in my life dude it was straight up straight up the fucking brown eye that ball went like i don't 
if you're the punter, first of all, and I know there's so many storylines in this game, but how do you not see this man's ass right in front of your foot? Like, right, like, well, when you watch where the ball is kicked, it's it's not even like it takes off into the guy's ass. It's like, it's like, boom. Like, it's it's right there. Like, they're, like he might as well kicked his ass. Like, that. the only thing standing between his foot and the, and the guy's butthole was the ball. Like, there was no space in between any of it. I don't. I don't understand. It was. It was quite the sight to see. If you didn't end up seeing it, um, you should go to Twitter and look up Pat McAfee's Twitter account because McAfee did a nice breakdown of it. Be, of course, being a former punter himself and being just a very hilarious and you know entertaining individual that Pat McAfee is, he did a great job of breaking it all down. I highly suggest looking that up. But man. The Bills, what is happening? This was this was shocking. Now, okay, here's the thing. I understand they have a litany of injuries right now. They're dealing with a ton of injuries, and it was probably like 100 degrees in, in Miami. So I get it. Was, it. it was 35 Celsius, I heard. Yeah, there's excuses here. So I'm willing to give them a pass, but... That's a huge divisional game. If Dude. Miami even remotely keeps up a decent pace, that game could be very significant near the end of the season when we start looking at playoff seeding. The so the we watched the last play of the game, and like the bill, the Bills actually the whole game was just comedy of errors, dropped interceptions that could have been pick sixes, um. That were just easy, easy catches. Um, not rushing to spike the ball. Like there were linemen walking to the line. Like that's, and I understand you say it's hot. You want to be a championship team? Those are championship moments, right? Like those are the things that championship teams find a way to do is hustle to the line to spike the ball, to kick the field goal to win the game. Like that is, that's a real thing. Um, where's the Super Bowl played this year? That's a good question. I want to say SoFi Stadium, but I can look it up as you continue to talk. Um, so there's that, and that, you saw the offensive coordinator for the Bills just absolutely lose his fucking mind, um, and as he should. Um, you know that's that's your those are your boys walking to the line. Like I would lose my mind too. Um, and then it's going to be in Arizona. It's going to be in Arizona. So the, you don't think the the Bills get to the fucking Super Bowl? You don't think it's gonna be hot in Arizona? They have a dome. I guess I guess that's true. <laughs> and it's, it'll be like February, right? Sure. Just, I mean, I don't know the weather in Glendale in February, but I imagine it's still warm. But it can't be like Miami hot, can it? I don't know. I've heard like the Arizona, Vegas, like all that strip can get up to like like hundred thirties, hundred twenties, buddy. So. I don't know, Glendale, man. Arizona weather in February. Uh, 21 degrees Celsius. Okay, they'll be fine. Average high. Okay. That's actually, that sounds quite pleasant, actually. Right? <laughs> um, and then, then the big story is Tua act getting completely, oh. and it, well, but like, here's the thing, he didn't get destroyed, right? Like Milano hit him, and he goes backwards, and he clear as day hits his head. But what, what bugs me is the press conference after where he says it was his Not back. 
Yeah. And he says Gumby back. He's got his back felt like Gumby. And so James, last time I I checked, uh, your back is actually your spinal cord, and your spinal cord is connected to your head. Yeah. And when you have any sort of like whiplash and head trauma, sometimes that will go all the way down your spinal cord. Yeah. But I, I mean, the way he was, that's a concussion. I've seen that so many times. That man was, that man was 100% concussed. Like he was, he was shaking his head. He was wobbly. Like there's no, like what else? And, and the dangerous thing is like the PA, like the PA is investigating that. Yes. And they have to, because he ended up coming back into the game. He being uh, Tua Tungabaloa, pronoun spell. And obviously helped the Bills win this game because as much as I jokingly said it to you uh, yesterday, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I was necessarily wrong, but when Bridgewater came in, I was like, this could be an upgrade for this team. I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably a better quarterback. At this Tua, point in time? But yeah. Yeah, like I think if you gave them the same amount of reps with the first team, I think Bridgewater is a serviceable quarterback and he can be just as good as Tua. Now, obviously, Tua's ceiling is higher. And I understand probably higher draft capital, probably higher. I I don't know. Um, But I understand why they're going with Tua. But (laughs) I don't necessarily think that they were going to be in any worse shape if they just continued the game with Bridgewater. And at some point, you have to decide what's more important the long-term health of our starting quarterback or winning this one particular game against Buffalo. But you say that, right? When we just spoke about how important this game could be as a divisional game coming down the line, because the Dolphins are now in control of the division. They're now 3-0, and and the Bills are 2-1. and And I imagine some more people got put through tables after the game in Bills Mafia because of this one, because it's just, if I'm a Bills fan, this is old Bills shit, right? Like, this is old <laughs> Bills shit. Right. It's just this is this is what I thought, you know, as a Leaf fan, I sympathize like, you know, you you, you think the things that have haunted you have disappeared. This is old Bill shit. And it's it's unfortunate for Bill's fans. Luckily, I'm a Jets fan, so I don't give a fuck. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's all, all kidding aside, you know, even even stuff like Josh Allen retaliating and. And costing his team a penalty, like, like shut the fuck up, <laughs> like just move, right? You know, so yeah, wild though. I mean, the Dolphins are three and zero, and I, I didn't think the Dolphins were this good. I didn't, you know, and maybe they still are aren't. Good. Maybe they still aren't, right? Yeah, no. But who knows? You know, there's there's a lot going on in that Miami offense right now. Maybe it's as good as it looks. I mean, on paper, it looked good, but we didn't know how it was going to play we, out. Can we get a ID card and an age verification on the coach of the uh, the Dolphins? That dude looks like he's twelve. <laughs> uh, McDaniel. Next he was matchup. he was a he was a ball boy in Denver. He started out as a, a ball boy for the Broncos. I want to say three three years ago. Being a ball boy. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Like, is there like at some point you graduate from being ball boy to like you can no longer do this job? Yeah, you get promoted. Yeah, sorry, sir, you're now nineteen. You need to apply for something else or get the fuck out. And he's like, uh, "Head coach of the Dolphins," and they're like, "You got it." <laughs> sure, take <laughs> Not it. Not the job. No problem. No one else wants that job. <laughs> right. 
Lions and Vikings. Vikings came away with this one. They are now two and one. Um, not again. the definitive victory I was expecting from the Vikings. Dude, the Lions. They don't look bad. I yeah, they're they're like they're like the the Texans to me, right? Like these are two teams that don't look terrible. And again, pieces, right? Like Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, like these are solid building blocks. Like who are both hurt now for the record. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but um Yeah. Yeah. We got next. And also also hurt. And this is like the yearly thing. And every time you're playing fantasy football, you know that if you take Dalvin Cook, hmm. you need Alexander Madison as well. Because at some point, Dalvin Alexander Cook Madison is going to start a game or two because Dalvin Cook will get hurt. And this was the game where Dalvin Cook got hurt. Madison came in and scored a, at least one touchdown. And going forward, I think Cook might be out next week. We don't know that for sure yet. It, we don't know the severity of the injury. I think it was a... We'll say it's an upper body injury because I think it's a shoulder injury, but I could be wrong. Either way, I'm not convinced yet that Dalvin Cook will miss week four, but it's a possibility. So with all the with all the incredible talent in the my Minnesota offense, I feel like they're they're undervalued with Kirk Cousins behind the helm. Like I feel like they're wasting years of these incredible talents with Kirk Cousins touching the ball every play. And I'm not trying to knock Kirk Cousins. I just I don't think I don't think he's the guy to take the Vikings like to the level, you know? It's it's unfortunate no, I, that I one hundred percent agree. And it's unfortunate for the Vikings. For a guy Vikings like Justin fan, Jefferson, but... who's probably the best receiver in the league, you know. Yep. And, and performs that way with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if he had, you know, one of the other guys. Imagine yeah, if he imagine had Trevor he Lawrence. Had, I was gonna say, imagine if he had Lamar Jackson. Yeah, or Lamar Jackson, chucking bombs. Who is who was in our next game, the Ravens and the Patriots, and the Ravens came away with the victory. Lamar Jackson, two hundred and eighteen yards through the air, four passing touchdowns, eleven rushes for a hundred and seven yards with a rushing touchdown. <laughs> He scored five touchdowns, did Lamar Jackson. Hilariously enough, now I know uh, the league that I'm in for fantasy uh, scores a little differently than most. You get dinged a bit more for for turnovers than most leagues. But if you look at Lamar Jackson the first three weeks, 20 points, 41 points, 39 points. (laughs) Dude, you're right. The the man's trying to get paid. He's in a contract year right now, and that's what we were saying about Justin Hall earlier in the show. When it's a contract year, guys turn it up, and especially in the situation with Lamar Jackson where he said, I am not going to talk about a contract extension during the season, and they had like up until the Friday before the season started to get one done, and they didn't. And and give him credit because there's a lot of players in his position who would just sit out. And say I'm not going to oh, play. He's he is inflicting pain upon that front office. It is fifty shades of gray levels of masochism <laughs> happening with with him in that front office right now. Like he is, it they they are in a world uh, of trouble unless they unless they franchise tag him, um, which I think is going to be the plan, but. But that's the that, but that he, only pisses him off, right? Like I think, yes. 
you know, long term. So they're better off finding a way around it. But I mean, if they don't have the money or they don't, they're not willing to pay, then, you know, and the, the cool thing about Lamar is he's making guys around him better. And that's, that's the sign of, of an incredible quarterback and, and leader. And, uh, you know, like I said, Mandrews is a beast. Um, Mandrews is a beast. And Devin Duvernay, I don't think uh, yeah. is, I don't Doesn't think get Duvernay should be like uh, your number one wide receiver. But Lamar Jackson is making him so. Like he's forcing the issue of making Duvernay the number one wide receiver on this team. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a whole other thing with the Ravens offense and what they did this offseason and how they, it looked like intentionally did not give Lamar Jackson any weapons, but he's still finding a way to put up a ridiculous amount of touchdowns on the board and finding a way to win a couple <laughs> of games here him, and there. Thought they could get him cheaper and then, then supplement him with something next year, right? I would imagine that was part of the plan, but we'll have to wait and see. Although, uh, he definitely is an upgrade from the Ravens' previous starting quarterback, which was a young man by the name of Joe Flacco, Ugh. who, of course, is the starting quarterback Ugh. for the New York Jets. I mean, in name only. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually bet on the Jets to win this game. I was thinking the Jets, are just their offense is electric right now. It is. Even though it's Joe Flacco, but like they are just throwing the ball like nobody's business. They have attempted more passing passing plays than anyone else in the league has by a wide margin. Well, and, and I said, and skill it's weird. players. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the skill players in the Jets are incredible, and the Bengals have looked absolutely lost to start this season. And I thought it was just a combination for success for the Jets this this weekend, but that wasn't the case, was it, James? Well, a couple of things. So I, I pin this entirely on Joe Flacco. I really do because I watched that game and he was missing dudes. The dude was like, what, 19 for 58 or something? Like he had a, he had a passer rating of he 53. 28 for 52, but yeah, still horrible. Right? Um, you have Brees Hall. You have Michael Carter. You know, you have two. Again, we talk about Montgomery and Herbert. Again, these... Guys are, but Brees Hall was the best running back in the draft. Has been relatively as advertised. Michael Carter is still a fantastic back. Your electric offense, like for real, their weapons are good. When you're talking about Denzel Mims getting scratched healthy for the third game in a row because you're starting Garrett Wilson, you know uh, Corey Davis, uh, Elijah Moore, uh, Uzuma was back. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's Garrett, real good too. Yeah, he's <laughs> gonna be real good. He's gonna be yeah. they Justin Jefferson good, they say, you know, like in a couple years possibly. Um and you you think about that, you think about Sauce Gardner basically shutting down Jamar Chase, right? Like Sauce is is the real deal. Um they have the they have the pieces, you know, maybe the O line is still not what it needs to be. Guys are hurt and it's not exactly solidified, but man, like Flacco was so bad. And the, the lack of pressure on Joe Burrow, like it should be easy. They they made the the offensive line for the Bengals look like the steel curtain defense played it. It was just like, you know, you got to like the dude's been knocked around so many times. Like what's his average sack? What are the average sacks per game for Joe Burrow? And how many sacks? I don't. Did they sack him on Sunday? I don't think so. I don't know if they did, but Joe Burrow was the most sacked player in the NFL last season. I 
since I don't remember the exact number, but it was it was alarmingly high. Like it yeah. was you should not be letting your quarterback be hit this many times. And uh, um, you know, good for the but for the Bengals, you know what T. Higgins came up with a couple of big plays. Um got knocked around a bit, but you know, that you could see like there was some disarray on the Jets sideline with uh Quinn and Williams. Uh I think he was I think it was the defensive coordinator he was he was getting at, but you know, Robert Salek went there, calmed things down. Um and they get the Steelers next week, which, I mean, if they can catch balls on the defensive end, Trubisky's going to interception machine. So hopefully that bodes well for, for the Jets. But, yeah, Joe, like I, I was losing it in the chat about how bad Joe Flacco was. I, I tweeted out that they they should get – they honored Nick Mangold at halftime and let him join their – and inducted him into the Jets' ring of honor. Uh, I was like, can this man throw a ball? I was like, he's he's drinking beer live at his induction, but can he throw a ball? Because, and for the life of me, Mike White, who's in the Hall of Fame for being the best quarterback debut of all time, sitting on the bench, who's forty years younger than Flacco. You know, you're you, and if you know you're not going to win the game, if you know you're just biding time till Zach Wilson comes back, who, again, everyone says he looks incredible in rehab. Why, like, why, why not put Mike White in there? Why, why not? Because Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl MVP. That's why. Oh sure, okay. That's the only thing I can. Yeah, Jose Theodore won a Vesna. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you want to say? That's all I got. I no, Jose Theodore won a heart. Have... Jose Theodore won a heart. I remember one NHL game. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been '99 or 2000. But Jose Theodore was like. A 98 overall goaltender. And I'm sure so, Joe Flacco there was, was 94 There was like overall. a year there where <laughs> Jose Tador was a very good goaltender. Uh, the Eagles and the Commanders, there's not much going on here. Eagles, Eagles are the Commanders, best. With the exception of like Carson Wentz returning back to earth. That's in, And the Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now. I think you look at what they've been able to accomplish. You look at how out of his mind Jalen Hurts is playing right now. Um, there were a couple like there were you know him and Lamar Jackson very similar right like they play very similar games yep. um, and I feel like they're playing very similar this year both are excellent running quarterbacks but man are they chucking bombs downfield and uh, you know good for Hurts um, I was a fan of his last year he had his doubters but you know that that one addition of a wide out to solidify their, I know I'm not saying the name cause I'm going to get it wrong. Cause I'll get it's AJ Brown. It's AJ Brown. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, that they essentially got for nothing. And Goddard's been Tennessee good. Tennessee just said here, <laughs> take a top yeah. 10 wide receiver. We don't Goddard, want Goddard. Goddard had a touchdown. They have Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell in the back. They got, you know, and Boston Scott, Boston Scott's really good too. Yeah. Right. They so have very good options at running back. And, and the defense has played well. I mean, they're, they're the team to beat. A well, they're gonna they're gonna walk with that division, but I think they're gonna do some damage, you know, come January. We had the Saints and the Panthers. Panthers coming away with the victory at home. Um, I mean, Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston, and he's gonna continue to be Jameis Winston for the entirety of his career. And you're gonna get the good, and you're gonna get the bad. And these, <laughs> this is one of the games where it was a bit of the bad for Jameis Winston. Yeah, um, I don't have much. I, to say I think about the this game one. that. 
I think the game that I think we want to talk about the most, though, at this at least at this point in the schedule, is the Chargers and the Jags. And at what point? I ask you, James. At what point do we start drinking the Tony Khan Kool Aid, and just believe in this man that he knows how to put an NFL football team together? <laughs> the Jags are two and one, and they and two look convincing like convincing victories. Yes, I mean a victory over the Chargers, and the people have been talking about the Chargers like they're going to be a playoff team, as you would assume. Now I understand that Herbert is banged up. And there's a lot of question as to whether Herbert was even going to play in this game. He was a game time decision and probably against his better judgment ended up playing in this game. Dude, oh, I imagine that's why the Chargers small, only scored 10 points. Small side story. I don't know if it's exactly the same guy or that it's the same procedure, but he, would ha- he was going to have to take um, a painkiller injection near his ribs, right? That it was the same one that like Tyrod Taylor had his lung punctured. Remember that? I do remember this. I think I knew you were going with this. Yeah. And like all over Twitter, they were like, the videos were like, here's a, a picture of the guy giving Herbert the injection. He's just like, I'm so scared. <laughs> you know, like um, when you said at what point and, and you're, you did your Tony Conch stick, I, I actually thought you were going to say, at what point are we going to, you know, say maybe Herbert and the Chargers ain't it, you know, like. Herbert's highly touted still, and especially like, you know, I think the the trading card market is a good reflection of where people view certain players. Herbert still has high value in his in his cards, um, okay. and I wonder when that will drop. I don't like the what are the Chargers one and two now? Chargers are one and two. They're one and one at home. I don't. I don't know, man. Like, Justin Herbert's supposed to be this immaculate second coming or whatever, and they, he gets talked about as this... He gets talked about ahead of Burrow. And I don't... I, I'm just... I'm struggling to figure out why. I'm not saying he's bad, and I'm not saying he doesn't... I'm just, I think I'm just waiting for for the dominance, you know? I think we'll see it. I, I, bl- I blame a lot of this performance on Herbert being injured. We'll see next week when they get a tasty matchup against the uh, Houston Texans. So we'll see. Uh, I don't want to write the Chargers off just yet, but I am starting to buy into the Jags. Although the Jags next week have the Eagles, so I don't know. Oh, um, but that's I'm interesting. That immediately them. became a marquee game, right? Like I'm going to tune in for sure to that game. Interestingly enough, and I, who knows exactly what this means but i'm looking at a website where if you look at the steelers and jets it says tickets as low as 92 dollars. if you look at the jags and eagles tickets as low as 141 dollars. now is that because of the jags or is all of a sudden be, or is it because the eagles are like one of the best teams in the nfl probably the latter but that game on cbs might be actually you know what is that the going to be the cbs game of the week i think it is because the other game is Browns and Falcons. That's not going to be it. The Jets and Steelers, that should not be it. It would have been years ago, but not anymore. Okay, Bills and Ravens. <laughs> That'll be the... That's yeah. your Jim Nance and uh, Tony Romo game right there. But still, that Jags-Eagles uh, game has all the makings of just being unreal. 
as yes, right now. I, I mean, it could be it could be it's either going to be an Eagles blowout or it's going to just be this back and forth like boxing match. Yeah, I mean I'm excited for that one. That's going to be interesting. Uh the Rams and Cardinals had a very uninteresting game and uh I think the Cardinals are proving week in and week out that Kyler Murray ain't it. This is yeah. just And okay, to be totally fair to Kyler Murray this weekend was Call of Duty's beta weekend, so it's possible. <laughs> it's possible he's, that he's a little, little tired. He's a little cramped. Yeah, he just didn't spend enough time uh, looking over the game. Couple late or, nights uh, carved up on Doritos, like yeah, you know. just pumping back the Mountain Dew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking red. of which, our top five uh, later this later in this episode is going to be our top five favorite non-alcoholic beverages. So. Maybe that may come up once more. I don't know. Um, heck of a game for Hollywood Brown, though. 140 yards through the air. Big fan but, of Marquise Brown. Yeah, everyone loves Hollywood. But yeah, th- this Cardinals team does not look good right now. And I'll be curious to see how they look to bounce back from this. Um, I've, I know I've mentioned this podcast before, uh, The Fancy Footballers. If you haven't listened, you should. It's a really good podcast if you're into fancy football. And I believe they're based in Arizona. So I follow these guys just for fancy football advice. But when the Cardinals are playing and when they're playing badly, oh boy, these guys are upset. And <laughs> just seeing the, the tweets of how upset they were is a good, um, a good measuring stick for what the, the feeling is in Arizona right now for this team. And it appears fans are not happy. And it, it's almost as though like they don't believe in this offensive they don't believe in the direction of this offense and this head coach and how there just seems to be no sense of urgency when they need to, you know, score at the end of a game. And that's a big problem. And we talked about earlier in this segment with, I don't remember what team it was now. The Bills. Um, It was the Bills, right. You need to have that sense of urgency, especially in a game like this where the Cardinals lost by one touchdown. Like there needs to be a sense of urgency. You guys need to score at a quick I mean, pace. Look at what Especially the Jets pulled off. Down. Look at what the Jets pulled off of the Browns. Like, it's possible, right? So it absolutely, yeah, absolutely is possible. Uh, the Falcons and the Seahawks. I don't have anything for this one. <laughs> I mean, it's the Falcons and it's the Seahawks, and Geno Smith is a starting quarterback for some reason in the NFL. And Marcus Mar- uh, Marcus Mariota. To- <laughs> Marcus Mariota versus Geno Smith. Right. It's not necessarily a. Uh, a matchup anyone really cared about. I think the one that people were watching the most in this window was the Packers and the Bucks. And this game all day was being billed as maybe the last time the two goats go at it. And that's what you're we you're saying earlier. Like, how is Aaron Rodgers like considered to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Like, if you put him up against, up, like, put his resume up against Tom Brady's, it's not even discussion. But like, very little quarterbacks quarterback. are. I think, right? When you when you think about MVPs, rings, records and stuff like that, but raw this is one of those games where like I I bet on AJ Dillon getting over 45 yards cuz I was like there's no receivers in this game. Every receiver is hurt or suspended or out. Like there's no Randall Cobb, no there's nobody there's nobody playing this game. Uh and AJ Dillon did not get over 45 yards. Um, <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, kudos to Rogers for finding a way to win and, and, and using, using the rookie to, to score a big touchdown. And 
Um, you know, Tom Brady just I heard I heard uh I think it was Jay Onrate this morning was saying when Brady left New England, he was going to Tampa Bay who had, you know, Evans and Godwin. Like there were there were these pieces there that Brady could come into a system and be like, ah, okay. I have these things, right? Gronk was there, like Gronk was coming back and all this stuff. This Tampa team that he fielded on Sunday was basically like the beginning teams he got in New England, where it's almost like he had to make receivers. You know what I mean? And it's I, like he's just—I don't. This was a uh, when they so when when people were saying like, when does it start to show that Brady doesn't have it anymore? I think this is the situation where you know that it's 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 different, right? He I don't think he can make the team around him anymore. I don't think he has the ability to and the man still has drive. He did like a 12-15 yard run trying to make a first like I'll give the man that. But I don't think he as a quarterback has the ability to create like think about the the stars receivers he created in New England, right? That were basically nobodies. Um, you know, like, I mean, immediately comes to mind is guys like Wes Welker and Danny Julian Edel and Julian Edelman, like Danny, Danny Amendola, right? Was yeah, a quarterback, good one. became receiver. He, he always had like this undersized, slotty white guy who <laughs> just un, out of nowhere would have a monster season, right? And then, but I don't think he can do that here. I don't think he can make that work. Like if so, you know. It, it, it's unfortunately it was another boring game and it was weird like there were a lot of boring games this week um yeah there was a lot of crazy upsets and then there was a game like the packers and bucks and then there was a game like the niners and broncos which was your sunday night football game and <laughs> with a, a final score of well, 11, 11 to, 10. to 10 like Oof. it's like two teams trying not to win this game like russell wilson doesn't look right in denver i was wrong about that offense i was wrong about that team <laughs> like he like, I, he it doesn't look, and he said he had the weirdest post game press conference, where he's like, "This was an incredible game," and you know everyone, you know, the offense was incredible, the defense was. I'm like, no, no, they were not. This was not. I don't know what game you were watching, but this was not an incredible game. Um, I don't know. I don't my know what's favorite, up. My favorite tweet from, it might have been this morning where someone posted the caption, let Russ cook. Because that's the, you know, the common thing they've always said about Russell Wilson while he's in Seattle. Let him cook, man. Just let him throw the ball down the air to to uh, DK Metcalf and to Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Like, well, those guys aren't here anymore. So let Russ cook. And the image that they put underneath it was someone cooking uh, chicken in a pan with some NyQuil, <laughs> which I don't know if you're aware of. Like, was this like TikTok fad for a, a, a hot minute there where kids were cooking like meat in NyQuil so much so that NyQuil had to like put out a press release telling children to stop cooking food with NyQuil because it will kill you. So if you take anything from this podcast, kids, just appetizer, not, um, Tide Pods, main course. Yes, exactly. Do not uh, chew on Tide Pods and do not drink NyQuil. Yeah. So still one more game in the NFL in week Three, it is currently uh, happening as we are discussing. So 
we're not going to go over the uh, Cowboys and the Giants. That is going to have to wait for another time. Actually, we will never discuss it because by the time we talk next week, this that game inconsequential. You forgot yeah. about it. Totally inconsequential. It does not matter, especially with Cooper Rush as a starting quarterback. That's just no one wants to watch that. We do have to make a pick though for next week, and I don't have Maddie, so you're only going to get two picks this week. And I'm going again. If you learned anything. Don't you know pick. to bet against us. Whatever we say, just do the opposite. But I'm going to say, gonna I'm going to say this week, I don't think you should bet the opposite of me because I'm picking the Vikings against the Saints. And if you pick the Saints against the Vikings, I understand Dalvin Cook's hurt. I understand, you know, but I don't, I don't see the Saints, you know, beating Minnesota. I think Minnesota has too many weapons and too many options beyond Dalvin Cook. You know, maybe it's time for Irv Smith to step up a bit, um, but in the offense and the schemes, but I don't think, uh, I don't think the saints have a chance. Well, the game is in new Orleans and currently as of we are recording, Minnesota is a two and a half point favorite. So not exactly a slam dunk pick closer than it should be. It is closer than it should be. And I think it has a lot to do with the, a, the cook injury and B it being in, uh, in New Orleans, I think that's part of the reason why you're looking at such a close line right now. My pick, and I can already see it going the other way. I can already see the conversation next week of, yeah, I probably should not have picked the San Diego Chargers, but <laughs> here we are, and I'm picking the Chargers. And I know they're not San Diego anymore, but they are playing the Texans the Texans have been horrendous. I think the Chargers are significantly better than they showed they were this week. Herbert was banged up. Hopefully he'll be closer to 100% on Sunday. Give him a few more days rest. The Chargers are not as bad as the team as they have looked. The Texans are as bad as a team as they have looked. Uh, Chargers are currently five-point favorites in this game. I can't imagine the Chargers are going to lose this one. So the Chargers are my pick. And uh, if I was smart, I'd probably bet against myself. So we'll have to see how that goes. I was honestly very close to picking the Jags. But that's just going to be such a huge upset. I might actually take the Jags in a real, uh, in a real wager at some point this week. We'll, we'll see how that line develops. But that's our NFL picks for this week. That's our recap of NFL Week 3. There is one more NFL story on the list, though. And that is, of course, the Pro Bowl. You know, James, the Pro Bowl is something that everyone really looks forward to. And the Pro Bowl is everyone's favorite game of the year. And, you know, the entire season doesn't matter to me. I just want to see who makes the (laughs) Pro Bowl because that's where the entertaining football happens. Well, the NFL is aware of my facetiousness right now. And they're aware of the fact that no one gives a shit about the Pro Bowl. So they are making some much-needed changes. And to be honest, I don't know how I feel about this. Because the Pro Bowl is, it's still going to be, it's going to be called the Pro Bowl Games now, instead of being called the Pro Bowl, because there's going to be multiple games existing. And it's going to be a showcase of AFC and NFC players, and they're going to be showcasing, this is from the press release, they're going to be showcasing their football and non-football skills in challenges over several days. The, 23, the 2023 games will be held in Las Vegas 
and the flag football game at Allegiant Stadium on February 5th. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean that they're going to be doing football and non-football skills in challenges over... So are they going to have a spelling bee? Is that what's going to happen throughout the week? I would not be surprised. First of all, much like The Last of Us show versus the game, this is not meant for us, right? Like this is to... You know, the NHL All-Star Game, all the the Home Run Derby, all that stuff, that's to draw in casual fans, kids who are going to invest in this game long-term and be drawn in by something very casual and fun. But hear me out. I would not be surprised if the non-football challenges are tied to Nickelodeon. Okay, I'm listening. I like it. Because the slime game, when they do like yeah. the slime cat, is very popular, especially online, gains a lot of traction, even from the older audience, how fun and funny it is. You know, I, I don't think I could watch an entire season of Nickelodeon football, but I, I even enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun for that for that one or two moments, right? I would not be surprised that one of if if it's multiple days, one of the days are really wacky things, almost like remember guts? Back in the day, or or, or like um, like those like American Gladiators, but for kids um, that RJ City used to be on. <laughs> but that was splat uh, a lot. I think that, was the name of that show. Stuff like that, right? Um, I would not be surprised if there are cool, fun, slime involved um, events that these guys participate in uh, to to continue that a hey, partnership and and build out that audience because I think there's something there. No, I think you're right, and it, it could be interesting. Uh, I just don't, I don't know what exactly it's going to be, and we don't have a comparable for this. Like the NHL does do some ridiculous skills competition for their All Star Game, and but I would still consider those hockey related things. For the NFL to say they're doing non football related things. That could be anything. Like this could, they could double down on esports. I suppose they could do a Madden tournament with fans. Maybe uh, they could do a drinking contest. I suppose and see who doesn't end up with a DUI at the end of it. You know, there's all sorts of things that the NFL could do. It would be interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think they're going to use it as an opportunity to go in. The, like esports is a good thing, but I think they'll use it as an opportunity to do because you don't have to sell the football fan in the NFL. It's the biggest sports business, one of the biggest sports businesses in the world. You don't need well, who the fuck do you need to sell in the NFL, right? I think you need to, at least at, at that level, um, I think, you know, to continue to acquire, uh, if you're going to grow, you're going to grow a groundswell, right, of new audiences. Um, and I think this is an opportunity to do that. Whereas the Pro Bowl, literally, like, fans didn't watch the Pro Bowl. Like, it was literally a waste of time and effort and money. Um, whereas you still you still become a Pro Bowler and you get to do skills competitions maybe some of the nickelodeon shit if that's actually an idea um you know i just i again it's not for me it's not it's not it's not gonna be curated made built for me um so if i look at it from a business perspective if i was running the nfl yeah i would try and do something different like what do you got to lose literally nothing yeah it reminds me a lot of and the nfl made this uh announcement yesterday i believe remember the day before that the headliner for the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be Rihanna. And that's another one of those things where 
I don't think. And I guess last year when they did uh, Eminem and Jay Z and uh, not Jay Z, Eminem and Dr. Dre and Fifty Cent and all mm. those guys, like I guess that would have been one of the first times I remember a NFL halftime show where I felt like it might have been somewhat directed towards me. Whereas it always has been like your Justin Timberlake, your Janet Jackson, your Rolling Stones. It's it's always been for a completely separate audience than what the hardcore football fan is is looking to see. And it makes sense that way, right? Like you're trying to attract other people and you're also trying to at least give the people in the room who are there to not watch football something else to watch. And I think the Pro Bowl is also going to feed into this whole Super Bowl weekend thing where – yeah, you're here for the Super Bowl halftime show, but maybe we can give you something on Saturday as well and give you something on Friday as well and do a whole week around it. I think it's actually really smart. It's It sounds odd on the surface of it, but the more we talk about it, I think wait, it makes sense. Wait till you see how it's laid out, right? Like, you know, it, I think I think they'll... Listen, the NFL is not... Uh, as much as we joke about sport, like the NFL is not a stupid organization. They'll, yeah, it's not the NHL. Yeah, no, they'll figure it out. And I think, it, I think it'll... And even again... Even if you come away going, that's dumb, remember, it might be dumb for you, but big picture, 30,000 feet, you know, they're they're going to develop something that's going to help push the game forward and appeal to different markets, so. And something that hopefully appeals to your market is our sponsor, and this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures is purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send them a DM of 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. That's 43% off any order if you go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send them a DM, 43.6. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. You can view their ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N O W Y O U R T R E A S U R E S dot C A or dot com. Remember, go to Instagram, send them a DM, 43.6 to receive 43% off your next order. Now, someone who doesn't necessarily need a <laughs> promo code for Now Your Treasures is someone who's made a whole lot of money in their career. And that is someone who's now officially called it a career, called it a career at age 33. Which is, you know what, kind of older than I thought he was now that I'm looking this up. But still, 33 years old is not old by any stretch of the imagination for a professional hockey league player. We're, of course, talking about P.K. Subban, who announced his retirement this past week. Toronto native. And I think a lot of people were expecting that maybe he would take one last kick at the can at the NHL with Toronto. Honestly, I didn't see this coming for at least another five years. I thought he had one more contract left in him. Uh, for a guy who was making, you know, $9 million last season, it's interesting that, and we don't know what the conversation was. We don't know if it was teams offering him less money than he wanted to play for, or there was no offers, or there was offers for teams he didn't necessarily want to go to. Whatever the case was, it looks like he is content with ending his NHL career after playing, oh geez, how many years was it that he played in the NHL? I guess it would have been 13 years that he played in the NHL. And, uh, you know, a decent playoff record. He scored 62 points in 96 career playoff games. For a defenseman, that's incredible, honestly. 467 points in 834 games. 
very good career. I don't think he'll ever make it to the Hall of Fame. I think he probably will always be remembered as a Montreal Canadian, even though he spent three years in Nashville and three years in New Jersey. I think he'll always be remembered as a part of that team. But I honestly thought he was going to join the Maple Leafs at not this season, but like four seasons from now. But I guess that's not the case. We'll probably see him on CBC and Hockey Night Canada every week, right? I was just going to say the the money he's probably getting offered from maybe even the NHL, maybe even ESPN. I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN or no, sorry, uh, Turner. Who's kind like? It'll be TNT that has hockey in the US. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised they throw money at him. Um, he's already done it successfully, or TSN. Um, any one of those guys would be. I think he was with Sportsnet originally, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't. I think he was. Um, and I don't know if they have any sort of like first look rights deal or whatever um, to use him. But um, I mean, the guy has like he's a natural broad like. Even and, and any broadcasting he'd done in, in in the off time when like clearly his team didn't make the playoffs, um, he was incredible. Like he was a natural. Um, and maybe it's just one of those things where he looked at, you know. And here's the thing with Subban: like he slowed down a lot. Um, I remember them airing a breakdown last year of him getting called for a lot of um, tripping and like can opener style penalties, and the the analyst had posited that it's possible that he's just trying to keep up like he's not trying to trip guys intentionally he's just trying to to keep the flow of the game or to stay with the flow of the game and he just he doesn't have the strides uh in him anymore and i mean you look at a team like new jersey he should have flourished as as a an option and he just wasn't um and you know maybe hidden on a, a deeper toronto defense uh, he might have succeeded. I think his physicality, his um, his take no shit attitude, would have been welcome on this team. However, if they're going to come to you and say we can offer you, you know, I mean, especially if Geo's going to sign for eight fifty, I don't think you can offer more than a buck two, maybe a buck five, right? Like, um, because I think at this point, even though he's six years younger. I don't think he brings anything more or less than Geo does. Maybe a little bit of after the whistle shit, more of that stuff. But and then he probably looks over. And he's like, "Well, I could just go and fucking do media for maybe the same, and not get beat up every night, not have to travel, and you know, maybe for a guy like him, like you said, who's made bank and looks at it right now, he's just a you know some some guys. I was saying this again to my pops. Some guys have this." thing where maybe you know they're completely okay not winning a cup maybe they're just fine with that maybe 40 million 50 million 60 million dollars is enough to to not even think about it buy your own cup <laughs> yeah right you know the he dude was the dude was gonna marry uh, Lindsay vaughn i mean what's he need a cup for <laughs> yeah uh estimated career earnings for pk suban was 78 million dollars I mean, that's now like look, what LeBron I, I makes it. Like season. those career earnings are gross figures, and there's taxes. Know, a lot of extra expenses that athletes deal with. Like you're going to have a personal trainer probably that you pay out of your pocket. You're going to have he a, seems, a larger home that you're paying higher property taxes on. You're going to have a completely different diet than a normal person has. You're eating more often. You're working out more often. You're doing so. There's a higher 
money coming out. Yeah. But I like to think this guy easily has. And I don't think know, he was dumb with his money. He doesn't. His bank account. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he was dumb with his money. Um, and he seems like a big picture guy too with all of his charity work in Montreal. Like I feel like he's not he's he's not one dimensional in his head, right? He's not like it's win or 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 I'm done. Like I think he's a very multifaceted individual. He's very bright, very well spoken. Um, and I think he, they they could easily kick a bunch of dudes off all these broadcasts and put PK Subban there, and it would be an infinitely better better broadcast. So. Um, I all the best agree. to that dude. And uh, a lot of times, people may suggest that we're a better broadcast if Maddie was here. And uh, Maddie did just text me with his Aww. pick for NFL Week Four, and it is the Bills over the Ravens. And then he said, <laughs> "F." He said, "F your Ravens," is what he <laughs> said to me after that. So uh, that's the three picks. If you want to put in your parlay to pick everything that we didn't pick. I picked the Chargers over the Texans. James picked the Vikings over the Saints, and Maddie picked the Bills over the Ravens. We'll have to see next week of how man if that the turns Bills out. go to two and two, and like it's possible the Ravens are playing good. I know we're past that, but now that I think about it, if the Bills go two and two, oh my God, the city of Buffalo will be in. People will they'll start jumping into glass tables like they will they will up the game. Yeah, you'll definitely need. You'll definitely need a like a large hose martial law out that fire. They will yeah. call in the national guard. It will be, it will be unfortunate for the citizens of Buffalo. Well, what you would need to do is just start handing out glasses of milk to everybody and saying, "Just calm down, all right?" Because uh, apparently that's a sponsor you can have on your NHL jersey. It's so <laughs> it's bad. Just, it just it milk. doesn't it doesn't look out of place, but it's bad. Like it like. I get it because it's white. Like, anyway. All right. So if you're not aware of what we're talking about, the Toronto Maple Leafs unveiled their jersey sponsor this year, which is the first time in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs that there is a advertisement on the front of the jersey. And it's just a logo that says milk. Now, I understand that it's supposed to represent like the Ontario dairy farmers or whatever the hell. But if you're not from here, that's not different. gonna make any sense to you. It's also You're, a lot of different like, brands of milk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like the Leafs are gonna go into Nashville and play a game against the Predators, and they're gonna have milk on their jersey, and everyone's gonna be, be like, like, "What the hell do you guys?" <laughs> couldn't be like Nestle or like, right? Know, not a brand. No, this isn't N- like Nutrell, Sierra Lee, or something. You're right. This is, Ast- this Astro is Dairies can't even be, no. Um, so Astro Dairy was a sponsor of one of my brother's house league teams, which is why it's so funny. Um, right. That, you know, it's potentially the same sponsor as the Toronto Maple Leafs now. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, I don't, I've seen a lot of the, the the sponsors now. It doesn't, it really doesn't bother me. People are freaking out in Boston. It's fine. The Montreal one looks just fine. Um, I saw Vegas unveiled theirs. It's fine. Like, what do you like? What are your thoughts? Well, milk is I, odd. Like, I should feel milk. I would have thought Scotia. Like, to be honest, I would have pegged Scotia as as one of the people, or I don't know, Ford. Like Ford, 
Ford would have made sense. Ford would have been really cool, actually. The colors would have worked perfectly, too. Right. Now, again, like, not, not like milk doesn't work well, though. Like, the color looks right. It doesn't look out of place, which I appreciate. Right. It's just an odd word to have on your top right shoulder. It definitely is. It does look a little strange, and I'm sure we'll get used to it. And it'll oh, just dude, be normal. Just remember, we're talking about chirps. Can you imagine the chirps on the ice? About having milk on your jersey? Oh, man. Be uh, now, what's interesting is this. Uh, I'm looking at this graphic from sportslogos.net, and they have put together a very helpful chart. And it's showing, like, Here's what the logo is for this team. And it puts it on like a background of what like that jersey is going to be. Interestingly enough, they have three Leafs jerseys. One's blue, one's white, and one's black. Yeah, the black with the Bieber one for last year. But they're not going to wear that in the game, are they? They wore it in the game last year. I mean, they wore it for that one particular game, but they're going to wear it again this year? I think they wore it for two games. Huh. Well, in any event, I'm just looking at the, the options here. And it looks like... You know, Montreal has the RBC one, which I think is the one that stands out the most as like just because it's blue on your red sweater. It just looks and like it's it also out. vertical instead of being it horizontal. Is, right. So it's, it's that's a good point. I think it, it is the only one so far that's announced that is a vertical logo rather than a horizontal one. Right. But I'm looking at some of these other sponsors. I don't. OK, that's, that's a lie because Canada Life is also a vertical one. and okay. The Jets have that. Um, I just didn't scroll down to see the Jets. And then Washington has the Caesar sports book that kind of looks vertical. But then, like, you look at the blues, it's stifle. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, but look, and it's already working. Dude, the le- legitimately, the purpose of these things is already working. Oh, for sure. For people like us to talk about it and then look up the company and see what they do, and which I'm not going to do. But, like, honestly, a lot of them Arizona, Gila River, the Boston Bruins is Rapid One. It looks like a golf logo like it's like it's my new driver is the rapid one driver <laughs> and then the columbus blue jackets is satellite okay uh minnesota is tria like how much did these sponsorships cost i was just gonna say these are pro- like they're probably on the lower end sponsors right well i mean because i mean if if mls surpassed nhl as the fourth most popular sport behind the nfl mlb nba like you're you're not going to attract the big sponsors. You're not, right? So, I wonder. You get milk. Got milk? Yeah. Right here <laughs> on my right shoulder. You know, it, it just makes it too easy. Like the how many? Times? Where's Dougie? Yeah. Where's Dougie with those cow legs? Remember that? Remember yeah. that ad? Yeah. Oh, I, I remember that ad. I, I just know at some point this season the Leafs are going to have a horrendous performance, and someone's going to make the joke. Whoa, looks like they gave 2% effort on that one, boys. <laughs> was it a 1% or a 2%? <laughs> that, was a, that was a pasteurized product right. you guys put out there on right. the ice. You just you skimmed into the playoffs, didn't you? <laughs> that line looks real homogenized right now. <laughs> it's so bad. It's uh, Or somebody's going to blame the Leafs not making it out of the first round on the ads on the jersey. See, if, if they just wore regular sweaters... You know, that's like, I don't know. Again, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, in the years coming, they do it. You know what? You can almost use the sponsors on the 
sweaters as a litmus test for how well the league is doing. <laughs> Once the sponsors get better, you know the league is doing better, right? Because you know they'll be charging more and, and attracting bigger sponsors. And there's rumors the cap is supposed to go up in two years, almost $10 million. So there's forecasts that the league is going to continue to grow. It's just not growing at, I think, the pace they want it to. But, um, you know, part of growing is is having revenue. And this is another way for them to generate revenue. And, you know, kudos. Like, I don't, again, if you don't like sponsors on your jury, like, go watch minor hockey then or something. Like, we, that's even sponsors all over it because they need to exist. So, like, again, I don't know. This, uh, to me, it's a, kind well, of a nothing burger. If you don't like the sponsorship on your jersey, what you could do is just put your hand over it after you score a goal. And that's <laughs> like, something that we saw happen. Is that Jonathan David? That was Jonathan David who did that for uh, the Canadians men's national team. Where Nike, after he scored, was it Nike that turned them down? Right. So as the story goes, that Nike unveiled like a whole bunch of brand new jerseys for the, the World, for the World Cup. Cup. And people are wondering, like, well, what about Canada? And the answer was, oh, no, we're not doing it for Canada. <laughs> like, we're not doing it. And now, supposedly, what the reasoning is that it takes, like, 18 months, supposedly, for Nike to design something and then manufacture it and... Bullshit. You know, that's Bullshit. what Nike I can said. get a t-shirt printed in a half a day at on websites, like, t-shirt time. Look at it. Look how simple that is. You telling me you can't design something different? <laughs> so if you're not watching on uh, on YouTube, you're, you're missing out here because I have a Canada soccer jersey here, and I'm putting it right in front of my face because my camera is like trying to like autofocus on it, and it's not working out right now. But it's literally just a black shirt. Now I, I have the black one. There's a red one and a white one. It's the exact same I mean, thing. And they're it textured. A, it's a black jersey with a small Canada patch and a small Nike patch. There's your number on the front. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be the entire jersey. There is nothing going on here. It is just a, this wouldn't look that far off if you were playing some house league soccer. Yeah. In fact, your house league soccer one might at least have a you know, J.A. towing or something. Well, credit your, for them, man. Like, credit to those guys. Like, I, I know we had those arguments about Canada soccer and money and getting dicked around, but, like, that's... This is a big dicking. Like, this is... You know, some, I saw someone saying it's because they don't want to they don't want to make a sweater for a team that's going to be out in the first round. Like, well, you don't know that. I don't know if... What I think happened here is that literally no one had the foresight to say, Canada's going to be in this. Yeah. Well, so they, even even people in this country weren't totally aware that Canada was as close as they were to the World Cup as they were. So yeah. So here's the thing. I would imagine that the work back schedule when they were making the jerseys was probably 18 months, right? For the teams that they assumed were going to make it. Yes. However, do not tell me it takes 18 months to do one kit. I mean, it all, I, I don't know. I can see a world where that's possible, but I can also see a world where you can say, you know what? We'll get it done. It's important. You're fucking we'll Nike. Normally this takes us 18 months. Like just, it happens all the time. Like you work in project management, you know what it's like, yeah. where it's like, there's, 
You can I, make it happen. I know in my you can make it happen. Right. I know in my shoot job, I have a week to do this and a week to do that and a week to do that. But there's a thing called crunch where you're like, okay, shoot. I didn't realize this task needs to be done earlier. Let's crunch this down. Crunch this. That's literally what project management is, is figuring out a way to hit the deadline when things go awry. And I understand that, again, like I said, people in this country didn't know Canada was this close to making the World Cup. Even after Canada made the World Cup, they are still ranked lower than the U.S. and Mexico, even though they beat U.S. and they Mexico the table, to be the yeah. number one seed in this goddamn tournament, at least from CONCACAF. I understand that. And I understand that there may be people who weren't even necessarily following CONCACAF soccer, who didn't really give a shit. They were still like, whatever. Still like, don't know what it is. And Nike could have been one of those people or one of those you know, entities that was not aware Canada was going to make it and wasn't overly concerned about it. It just seems like this is another, just another notch on the, I don't know how to explain this, just another example of how badly mismanaged Canada soccer has been. But when don't... we talk about the television deal, when we talk about the pay for the players, when we talk about the split of the income for the World Cup, that still hasn't been ironed out, mind you. And the tournament starts in a couple of months, and we still don't know how this revenue split is happening with the players and the ownership group. And now we have this situation where these guys are going to go out there wearing a, a plain red shirt, where everyone you... else is wearing their like Sunday Custom. best. Do you not almost think that this has a little bit of mighty duckism to it like if like i would almost want it this way in a weird way i feel like the underdog story sure i feel like it almost adds a little bit of motivation to this team um you know that everybody from the organization to nike to is is almost counting them out already um and like you know, what more do we have to do? Okay, we'll show you. And hopefully we get that. That'd be awesome. I mean, am I pegging them to win? Probably not. Listen, though, stranger things have happened in, in, in soccer. You know, uh, Greece won a fucking Euro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's possible. Um, I mean, highly, highly, highly unlikely. But, you know, they could do, you know, even if they did some damage, you know, and made it to a round. Like the, out of the the group stage, that would be incredible, right? So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to the World Cup only because Canada's in it. I really don't care about uh, World Cup soccer otherwise. But nevertheless, we'll move on, and we'll move on to our final sports story of the week. And this is kind of a twofer. It's our baseball story where we have two guys right now who are chasing history. Uh, Albert Pujols, who recently hit his 700th career home run, puts him in very <laughs> small company. And I have to think about it. Now that I think about it, I don't remember who it is. I think it's uh, Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. And I'm missing one other Hank person Aaron. who's also in this, Hank Aaron, who's in the 700 club. Uh, Albert Pujols now joins those individuals, which is almost unheard of if you think about it. Like in our lifetime, uh, we don't see many of those. And Albert Pujols is now the most recent one to do it. And then at the same time, we also have an entirely different chase happening. Uh, although very similar in some ways. Uh, Aaron Judge currently, as recording, has 60 home runs on the season. He is chasing the Yankees' single-season record for home runs, which is 61. And Roger Maris at 61. And then, of course, a lot of people are saying, 
61 is the number to beat to get the record for the most home runs hit in a single season. 61 would tie Roger Maris and would tie the Yankees franchise record. But obviously the, there's been guys who've hit more. The steroids. But the question is, do you, James, recognize the accomplishments of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds? Or are you striking that from the record and saying, if Aaron Judge hits two more home runs, he is now officially the home run king of baseball? Uh, I don't, I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, f- like, fuck Barry, but like Barry Bonds, first of all, has never been proven to have taken anything. Um, you can look it up. There's, there's no, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. I just, he's always no been linked confirm- to it. I've always assumed there was some sort of proof, but if you're saying there whatever was, yeah, I, I don't I mean, doubt you're wrong. I mean, if, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that he probably was, uh, more than likely like high percentage. But there's no there's no definitive proof, and he was never condemned for it officially. Um, Sosa McGuire, for sure, and I mean, but I you know, it's such a hard thing because it wasn't against the rules at the time. Which I mean, shame on baseball for kind of not really having the foresight about like the Olympics had been having anti doping for so long, and baseball was just like, eh, like how do you not how do you not have that in professional sport, I guess maybe because it's professional sport. Um, but I also don't think it's, po- I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that these two things can't run in parallel, right? Where you have one set of beliefs where it's like, okay, this is the set of guys with the steroids and this is without. And I, I don't, why, why can't they coexist, you know, as two kind of multiverses of, of record chasing, um, I, I don't think that that would be an issue because I, I mean, if you, if you asterisk steroids out of the game, you can, my, the game could be dead. Like we've had this conversation. If it wasn't for the home run chase between Sosa McGuire and then Barry Bonds, even carrying that legacy into hitting, what is it? Seven twenty one. What's what's Bonds. You're talking about how many total how many, home yeah. runs Barry's Bonds hit in his career. Yeah. I'll look it up, but like he hit 73 that one particular year, and that's the current like quote unquote yeah. record is how many for how many home runs? Uh, Barry Bonds hit 762 home runs in his 762 career. in his career. Yes. So, you know, even when he, you know, setting those records and and beating Hank Aaron, like it it propped baseball up as a business. Um, so if you want to, if people want to sit here and be like, wow. Well, I'm kind of off steroids. Like you might not have Aaron Judge today. Like it's possible that it's it's not looking the same. Do you know what I mean? So um, the benefit is is that both Pools and Aaron Judge are totally not pricks. Like for all we know, they're they've been fantastic ambassadors for the sport. Like I'm not, you know, everyone hates the Yankees, but don't sit here and tell me Aaron Judge is a prick. Like he's not. Um, as far as we can tell from the way he presents himself and the way he carries himself. I mean, he could be a huge brick behind the scenes, but, um, and Pujols, I mean, nobody's ever had a bad word to say about Albert Pujols. Um, you know, I think it was one of those things, you know, never, you don't hear problems in locker rooms, teammate clubhouses with that guy. So I don't, again, I don't think it could happen to a better guy. Um, and just a consistent career, man. Like you look at him, it was like never 50, 60 home runs. It was like 42, 
you know, 25, 38. Well, he actually did hit over 53 times, but it was like 51, 51, and 50. Right. But so you know, like, he's, he's always been consistent. Like, if you, wait, am I looking at home runs? I'm looking at the wrong column. You're right. He never hit over 50. I'm looking at the wrong column. <laughs> but regardless, he is he's consistent, right? Model like of consistency over home. a 20, 21 year career, I believe. Um, so it, am I right on that? Uh, I mean, first career, uh, first season was 2001. Now it's 2022. So yeah, 21 makes sense. There you go. So it's, uh, and you can see I wasn't looking at anything. I pulled that one out of my head. Um, you know, I think in a weird way, we get to celebrate the honesty of these guys because we've had the ulterior. So, you know, you can't have the good without the bad and the bad kind of saved your game. So I guess that's just the way, kind of way I look at it. I'll I'll acknowledge both, but I'll acknowledge them in parallel. I won't acknowledge them on top of each other. Uh, just looking at Pujols' numbers, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, like if you look at his his first year in the league in two thousand one, thirty seven home runs, one hundred and thirty RBI. That's that's unheard of. And then like if you go down the list, just home runs, it's like 37 home runs, 34 home runs, 43, 46, 41, 49, 32, 37, 47, 42, 30. Like it just until it got to a point where it was like 17. 15. Okay, yeah. Shortened shortened year. He only played 99 games that year. Came Dodgers. I think he had 17, 18, 20 in the Dodgers, maybe, or maybe even 10 or 11. He um, only played the one year with the Dodgers. And I felt like it was longer than that, but I guess I'm conflating his time with the Dodgers and Angels at the same time. Because, yeah, with the Angels, there was a season where he only played 40 games, hit six home runs. Another season where he played 24 games, hit five home runs. And then with the Dodgers, played half a season, hit 12 home runs. Yeah. So it started to seem like he's probably done. Winding down, like, yeah. He won a World then, Series, though, right? He's got a couple? Uh, he must have won one with St. Louis. And the Dodgers? Did he, he won with the Dodgers, right? He would have won with the... Mm, no, the Dodgers won in 2020, and he was with the Dodgers in 2021. Right? Am I making that up too? Um, In any event, Albert Pujols, it didn't seem like he was going to make it. But then came back to St. Louis and has just been on a tear. He's up to 21 home runs this season already. Which, in context... 2006 and 2011. World Series. Oh, so both with with the Cardinals. Yeah. Those Cardinals teams were good, man. Oh, yeah. Those are Chris Carpenter years, right? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. But yes, uh, Albert Pujols is obviously going to be one of the greatest players of all time. It's cool that we're living in this world where he's got to this got this accomplishment. It was cool that he did it in Los Angeles too. Just the stars aligned. Dude, he's it was loved, too bad that it happened on he's an loved, Apple TV day. But yeah, he's loved everywhere he goes. It's a shame that he had like we talked to. He hasn't got the same kind of uh, farewell that Jeter did. Um, but you, you want to talk about a model first ballot Hall of Famer? Like, that's the guy. Like, if you want a template for a Hall of Famer in baseball, it's Albert Pujols. Consistency, success, carried himself well. I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you can craft the checklist for Hall of Famer better than, than looking at Albert Pujols. And based on his body type, he's probably not going to have a steroid scandal. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> More more likely than not, but uh, yeah, so congratulations, Albert Pujols. It'll be interesting to see what he ends up finishing with. 
And I, I'd be very okay with Aaron Judge doesn't break the record, but if he does break the record, I hope I'm there when he does it. And the Jays are playing in Toronto the next few days, so we'll see if that is how it goes down. Now, we have a couple things left here, and I really want to keep this under two hours, but I don't think we're going to. Uh, so we have the White Rabbit, and we have Top 5. So let's go to White Rabbit. And that is, of course, if you're unaware, this is the wrestling corner of the sports podcast where we talk a bit about wrestling and we'll talk briefly. There's been this tease going on about this white rabbit where, you know, they play this song during commercial breaks and which is a smart way to get around licensing, by the way. Yes, because if it happens during the commercial break, they don't have to pay for it. Very smart. And everyone's just going to record it on their cell phone anyways and put it up on Twitter. And then everyone's wondering, what, what the hell is this song? Why does like the lights go super red at the end of it? And it just ends and nothing else happens. And then on the actual television show, you'll see a fan holding up a sign. That's a QR code. And then people are like pausing their episode of Monday Night Raw and they'll scan the QR code and take it to a website. And the website has like a hangman game and they're playing hangman. And the, the question is like, whose fault who, is whatever the hell? Who killed the world? And the yeah. answer is... It, yeah, who like, and the answer is like your fault. And it's just like, it's really cool. Like, there's doing something different. And it's, it's almost unusual because I feel like WWE for so long was stuck in this formula that didn't have a whole lot of variety to it. It was just stagnant. Almost. But dude, they did this. They did this. Undertaker, when he became badass, they had the, the little girl teases, the chants. And no one knew it was Undertaker. And then even when no one knew it was going to be a biker. So it was a huge surprise. The Kane, the the Kane story was a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo until he showed up. Chris Jericho's return, save us Y2J, crack the code. Not, even, not just his return, but his debut his as debut. well. His debut. countdown to the millennium. Right? They've done this. And if you notice... The most successful periods of their business are surrounded by when they operated this way. Um, Because like I've always said in wrestling, the best way to continue viewership and investment is to have more questions than answers somehow week to week or month to month or whatever you do. And right now they have people talking about, you know, who this could be. And they've done it in such a... And you know what? Even go back to when Triple H just started. Dexter Loomis, same same thing. Very little here and there and let it swell, right? Braun Strowman, like people were running around backstage, cars were whatever. There was a flipped car. Braun Strowman shows up, right? It's, it's little breadcrumb trails that lead you somewhere. And uh, everyone seems to think that this White Rabbit thing is Bray Wyatt. I've seen people break down the font that the you did uh, in the hangman thing was a font on a Bray Wyatt shirt. Um, I saw people break down his Twitter asking for devil's hole in Arkansas. And if you go to like the message board, the moderator's name is white rabbit. Like it's, (laughs) it's nuts, man. Um, But that's the kind of cool shit, right? Like even if it's not true, how fucking coincidental is that? Um, and then the the one thing that did kind of might have given it away is uh, the guy who designed the Fiend aesthetic, his name's Kyle Scarborough, um, he tweeted out, uh, feed your head, the line from Jefferson Airplane's song. 
um, with uh, a white rabbit fiendish character, um, which is interesting. So, but like it, the fun thing about this is all the things that come from it. Like I've heard people say, well, what if this is the Firefly Funhouse coming to life where Karrion Cross is the white rabbit and Scarlet's the, the witch and Dexter Loomis is the buzzard. And you know what I mean? Like what if they all yeah, kind of, and, and Strowman is, and, yeah, Strowman is the husky, like pig looking thing. Yeah. And the reason why Karrion Cross, they say white rabbit is because that's the character he portrayed in, uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah. And then obviously Scarlet, Scarlet witch and, Mercy the Buzzard was just like the craziest out of all of them. And that would make sense for Dexter Loomis to be Mercy the Buzzard. I really like that idea. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's too many eggs in one basket. Like, I think, sure. you know, you're not you're not spreading your wealth at that point, And I think it's counterintuitive. Um, apparently, Triple H went on record to say it's somebody nobody's been talking about. Which could be a play on words in that, you know, maybe it's not Bray Wyatt, but a new iteration of Bray Wyatt. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't talk about it because you don't know what it is. Like it's not the sure. fiend. It's not Bray Wyatt. It's not. So it's the white rabbit. Right. So apparently there was supposed to be something happened tonight. We're talking. So I don't know if anything happened. Uh, I to- doubt it. And that's what they said on SmackDown this past week as well, where they said at nine twenty three something's going to happen. But at nine twenty three, they're in commercial break and something did happen at nine twenty three. But they it was the, the same thing they've been doing for weeks. So, but the, here's the thing. I, I think, but is it? But doesn't it make you want to find out? Yes, like it does make you want to tune into the show, and because you don't want to miss it, right? You don't want to be on the outside looking in when something like this happens. That's it, and that's that's the emotion you need to evoke. You don't want to be left out. Like it's it's FOMO to a T, but it's not even FOMO. Like if I don't have it, it's you want to be involved, right? And you're involving the audience. Right, WWE hasn't involved the audience in fucking forever. It's been, and I and maybe it's a lack of motivation. And that's what I've always said, right? Like if you're if you're if you're a sports entertainment company and you're the only sports entertainment company, what motivates you to do well if you're the only gig in town and you exist in an echo chamber? Whereas now, you're reacknowledging wrestling. You understand that if you take that approach, there is competition. It's going to make you better. Um, and we'll see what that looks like. And I think this is the kind of thing. And, and check this out. I almost think, too, it's a kind of shot across the bow at, at, at Tony and his group. The fuck have they done to tease anything? They just have people walk out. Like, they haven't teased fuck all. It's just, oh, fuck, here's Soraya. Oh, fuck, here's so-and-so. Oh, fuck, this guy just walked in. Like, there's never any sort of... And that's the one thing I'll knock AEW on. There's, for as creative as some of their guys are, there is zero creative. And it's, it's odd. It's, it seems like, yeah, there's a lack of long... I mean, I don't necessarily think there's lack of long-term planning. I think sometimes they don't understand how to get from A to B. Where maybe they have an idea for this thing here, but they'll, they'll do something one week and they'll forget about it for weeks on end. And then they'll come back to it. And I'm like, wait, what? what and they have no patience. Here? We're still doing this? <laughs> They have no patience. It's like they want to win now. Like, let's just win. Let's just win, win, win. It's like a team that, that just signs a bunch of free... Well, it's actually literally a team that just signs a bunch of free agents trying to win, right? Where they don't draft, invest, long-term, you know, see if you can build a sustainable championship-winning environment. 
they'd rather just sign the and then what happens you don't win it's actually literally parallel sports you don't win a couple of those guys get disgruntled they want to be traded out of town the whole bobby fish thing is wild right like bobby fish apparently was released for trying to convince adam cole and kyle o'reilly to jump ship back to the fed and then when he got cut trips was like well you're just bobby fish i need all of them and didn't give the dude a deal. So now he's an impact. Like, Yeah, so I don't know how much of that story is is actually how it went down. I understand that's how it was reported. But I don't know. Wrestling reporting is oh, it's, suspect it's at sketchy best. at best, yeah. So, But I'm just saying, like, the, the sports analogy is very accurate. Because if you don't, if you don't think long term, you have such a small window. And I feel like AEW might have already passed the window and now they're i feel like they're trying whatever especially with the punk shit like they're trying and i'm not saying they'll they'll fade out or whatever but i think their window of being wcw level of competition i think it might have passed i think what they may be in a rude awakening for is that for a long time they were like they had the public they had the court of public opinion or wrestling fans were so disgruntled by WWE that it was, hey, there's there's something else now, and they're giving us what we want, and they're doing all these cool things, and now all of a sudden WWE is doing cool things again, and you're gonna have people like paying less attention to what you're doing. So I think they're gonna need to start really making their show more interesting, or that's going to be a problem for them. Yeah, cohesive stories that are meaningful. Um not just fly by night weird let's just do this for the sake of doing it like i think like fucking muda just shows up right like okay um do you know what i mean like it's it's got to have something there's got to be a hook right um and and i i for the life of me i couldn't tell you what the hook is right now the fact that they have well, adam Page just- being the next challenger when he again potentially was part of the catalyst for all of this is wild to me and you know what he might be completely you know, not as guilty as some of the others, right? But at the same time, like, let that let that simmer. You have a very deep roster of guys you could elevate in a program with Moxley for the title, right? Tons of guys you could elevate. Um, and you, you, go, you just go back to the well. And I feel like that's a, that's a dangerous thing. Yeah, and I think something that they have a bad habit of doing is pretending that heels and faces don't exist and then they'll book a match of babyface versus babyface and they'll wonder oh that match didn't get the reaction we wanted the two it's like well because you made the fans decide which one's the heel and which one's the babyface and they don't just then they start booing your babyfaces so like the adam page thing i also agree i don't think he should be involved in the title picture right now i think you needed to rehabilitate adam page whether guilty or innocent whatever He's there. He's on the team. You need to use him. I, I'm not saying don't use the guy, but I'm saying put him in the mid, middle of the card, have him get some wins, establish him as one or the other. Is he a babyface or is he a heel? Because if he's fighting John Moxley for the world championship, who's your number one babyface, he's going to get booed out of the building. So are you saying he's a heel or are you intentionally getting your babyface booed for no reason? <laughs> Which is it? Right, because neither of them seem like a good idea right now. So 
you need to reestablish who Adam Page is and then down the line do something with him and Moxley if that's something you want to do. I think Moxley should be working with a heel in his next program. And I know it can't be MJF. So then the question is, okay, then who? And that inherently is the problem where they don't necessarily... Like, if you go into WWE... As I'm looking at Monday Night Raw, and Dexter Loomis is wearing an Edmonton Oilers jersey right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, if you look at, if you go into WWE and you like grab a script for Monday Night Raw, you know what they're going to have on their script? They're going to have heels one piece of page that says heels on this side, faces on that side, and it's all broken down. They have you either on one side or the other. And they do that. So if they ever have to make a decision of like, oh shit, we need to have a match with this guy, okay, I'll look at this column. He's a heel. Boom. Send the match out there. I don't think AEW has that. And intentionally so. Like, I don't think they believe in heels and faces, which just blows my mind. Because whether you want to believe it or not, that's how fans are going to react when they watch a wrestling match. They're going to cheer for someone or they're going to boo someone. Now, if you want to encourage them to cheer for one guy over the other because you're trying to push their merchandise or you're trying to sell pay-per-view buys, um, it would be to your benefit to and, embrace the idea of heels and faces. And it's not the, that gray non-heels and non-faces can't exist. New Japan, Tanahashi and Okada have had wars, and neither has really been the heel. Um, you know, and both come out unscathed. It's just your entire roster can't be it, right? Like, you can yes. do a, a Mox Brian, you can do a Punk Mox, you can do these things where no guy's the clear heel, people enjoy the match, there's a level of respect at the end, blah, 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 right? Like, that's perfectly normal. The entire roster can't be that. Um, you know, and I think that's the issue, like you said, it's just they don't, they don't, there's no, there's no, there's no story, story. So pro wrestling is rooted in story, Right. Stories have boundaries. Stories have parameters where the story exists inside of. This is like... This is almost like sh- watching Shrek where it's just fucking people from all different fairy tales are all over the place. Just... And you're just like, what is happening? Right? One day New Japan's in here for Forbidden Board. Then they're not. Like one day the Mudo, Mudo shows up and now he's not really here anymore. And like... Because he's retiring. Like, you just, you don't know what's happening or why, you know? It used to remind me of Impact. Impact used to be a lot like that. Whereas week to week, I didn't know who the fucking heel or face was. I didn't, who is Eddie Edwards today, right? Like, I didn't know uh, at times, like, who was supposed to be what. And I, you know, as much as I enjoy some of the in-ring product on AEW, I just, I don't, I don't know what is happening. Like, if you ask me, even outside of MJF, who who a heel is I mean and they're also like and I'm, this is not a knock to the guys I think it's more of a knock to AEW they have a bunch of third liners right now right like a ton of third liners I was thinking of who who as a heel could challenge Mox well I was just thinking that too and Jericho that's no. where I, yeah that's like, where I got on this tangent of like heels and faces where I don't know who the next heel is MJF like MJF here it's, I guess it's Jericho is your number two heel, but he's the Ring of Honor World Champion now for some reason. So I guess he's out of that potential spot against Moxley. So then who's your next top heel? Sammy Guevara? 
is he still with the company? It sounds like he's leaving. Okay, who's your next deal? Ethan Page. And it, I mean, he's he's as good a pick I, as anyone else on that on that roster right now. Right. I don't hate like, the idea, but you would have to then you would have to elevate Ethan Page, which that's again, what I'm saying. But they haven't done that. But you have to have the foresight to say, okay, we need a heel for Moxley to kill. Let's build up a heel. Let's get him in a position to challenge John Moxley. We can't just give it to Adam Page because he's the only star. It's like, well, no. <laughs> you need to start establishing who these guys are. Create a pecking order. Create a rot. Like they have rot. They have like rankings. Like who's the top ranked guy in AEW right now? But that's the thing. It doesn't even need to be that. All it all again, and I, I'll say this till the day I die. The first dynamite after Moxley is champion. All you have to do is have him cut a promo and someone interrupts him. It's literally that easy. And that starts the program. Or some guy in the back says, you know what? Look at my record. I've been overlooked. I'm going to take mine. Yeah, it, it's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. And it's just, it's just devoid of any of this. It's really weird. And yeah, you can do a segment like that. And then you have some sort of authority figure, which other than Tony Khan, like I think they need an on-camera authority figure in this television program. And they have plenty of guys who are capable of being that. Like William Regal could be that guy. I mean, the list goes on and on of who could be in that role. But they would come out and say, you know what? You're right. You deserve a championship match if you can prove yourself. And I'm going to put you in a match tonight and see if you can prove yourself. And then we can start <laughs> setting up these wins for these heels to gather some momentum to go into the pay-per-view. It's, I mean, I'm sure, I don't want to knock them too much because I understand that they are picking this up from zero, right? Like, I know they've been doing this for a couple of years now, but they are, oh, Candice LeRae is on Raw. Look at that. Um, <laughs> they don't necessarily have the years of experience doing this. And not to mention, they are doing this every single week on the fly while Tony's also running the Jacksonville Jaguars and while he's also running some, you know, European kickball team. So I understand they're probably pulled in a lot of different directions. So I wish them well. I think it's very good that they exist because it makes WWE better. It makes yep. everyone else better. But of course, there is definitely room for improvement with all elite wrestling. All right. Top five time. James, we teased it earlier in the episode. We're going to be talking about our top five favorite non-alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. So now this is our personal favorite non-alcoholic beverages. We'll start. I'll, I'll go first. My number five is a staple. It's not going to win the most crazy awards it's not going to be the most unique thing ever but not only is it a great drink on its own but also a great additive to a cocktail i am referring to of course sprite oh okay you know, Sprite's it's classic good. lemon classic lemon lime soda not the seven up nonsense we're talking the actual lemon lime soda Sprite. Spoken like a guy who spends a lot of time in Scotiabank for the Sprite Zone. Um, is it still the Sprite Zone? There is no Sprite Zone in Scotiabank. Oh. No? They took that out? Where was it? What was the Sprite Zone? 
that was their, for the Raptors. It was the cheap seats up in Section 300 something. Hmm. Yeah, Look I don't think up. they call it that anymore. Oh, okay. Um, along a similar line, uh, by the way, Sprite Zero is fantastic if you don't want the... Sprite uh, Zero is very good, and I yeah. considered putting that on the list because when I go to buy Sprite now, I only buy Sprite Zero because I honestly can't really tell that big of a difference. One, like There is a big difference, I think, between Coke and Coke Zero. Um, not necessarily me, a horrible difference. Like, I'll sugar drink both now. of them, whatever. I can't do the thick sugar. Like there's a... They're, they are lighter, even in texture and, and, you know, viscosity that I can't, I just can't do anymore. Um, my number five along similar lines, um, I used to be a big Coke Zero guy. For some reason, it hasn't set well with me lately. And I found I actually get more flavor from this and I've really enjoyed it lately. And that is the silver canned spectacle of Diet Pepsi. I am a oh big... Oh my God. What? What is that? Diet Pepsi. Dude, I enjoy Diet Pepsi more than uh, Coke Zero these days. Um, and Pepsi Zero tastes just a little off for me. But I do enjoy Pepsi Zero as well. But Diet Pepsi is just, it's super refreshing. And it's the choice of a new generation, Dustin. <laughs> In terms of like the the standard, you know, caramel slash you know the dark sodas we'll say Racist, i feel okay. like there's a clear delineation of like here's coke and then here's not counting zeros because zero is a different thing altogether. i don't but a co- i don't like i don't like coke over pepsi you don't like coke over pepsi no pepsi has way more options pepsi lime pepsi lemon no, no, okay, standard, Pepsi. totally standard drink, even, either a regular-ass Coke or regular-ass Pepsi. I prefer Pepsi. Oh, wow, that's so weird. It's probably why I'm a CM Punk fan, but um, <laughs> yeah, diet, diet Pepsi, man, I don't know, like, but like I said, I used to be a Coke Zero guy, and I enjoy it, but it's just, I find Coke too, too sweet, man. Too strong for you. It is. I'm a lightweight. <laughs> All right, moving on to my number four. Uh, one of the darker sodas, but not any of them we've mentioned so far. Uh, I was debating which one I wanted to be on the list here because there's a variety of different manufacturers, we'll say, of this type of beverage. But I went with the one that I felt has a stronger taste. And maybe that's the difference between you and I, James, where you want the more like easygoing flavor and I want the more like stronger taste to it. And in my opinion, I think Barks root beer is stronger than like an A and W root beer, so I have gone with Barks root beer as my number yeah. four because it has bite, right? Um, Barks has bite, brother. The uh, <laughs> I actually have been hooked on the A and W diet root beer. It is incredible. It is so good. Does Barks have diet? I don't know. I've never seen it. I imagine they must. I, I feel like you can't exist in the soda worlds anymore unless and, you have a diet. And dad's root beer is, is off the charts. Good. Okay, so dad's root beer. I think we only enjoyed dad's root beer when we were kids because it came in a glass bottle with, you know, you could pry off with a bottle opener and like your dad would have an actual beer and you'd be drinking a dad's root beer. I feel like the first time I had a dad's root beer was at a Cracker Barrel somewhere in the U.S., where I asked for a root beer and they came by with like a beer bottle looking thing and my parents freaked out. And you were like, no, oh. it's, it's root beer. It's okay. What about mug? You ever have a mug root beer? 
so mug is the Pepsi variety, right? So mug is the Pepsi version and barks is the Coke version. What is A&W? A&W is independent. Although A&W's I would, so I would liken. A&W root beer is so good though. It's good, but I would liken A&W closer to mug mm. where I, I feel like in terms of, I think it's just carbonation. I think is my issue. I think the, the Coke brand yeah, is A&W more root carbonated beer isn't, than it's Pepsi a lot brands. smoother. It is a lot smoother. That's what I mean. So it's it's less carbonated, I feel. I could be completely wrong. But you're right. It has a smoother taste, does the mug and A&W, whereas Bark has a more has more bite. So that's why um, I want Bark's root beer. My next is, uh, it, 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 I guess it would be from 10 Rens, but the Grape Green Tea Bubble Tea uh, from 10 Rens is fantastic. Uh, I say I don't like sugary, thick drinks, and then I say grape green tea bubble tea. But there's something about those tapiocas, man, when you're drinking that just, I don't know, it hits the spot. And grape green tea, like, I'm not really into, like, the chai or, like, the matcha or whatever. I can't really do those things. Uh, but the grape kind of just tastes like a like a nice juice almost. And with like I said, with the tapioca balls, they're awesome. So, um I can go to also like the the fruit teas or the places other places that have it, but like or one T one sixty eight I think it is, but Ten Rens is is just so clutch and it's I think it's the best version of that. So uh, I'm calling Ten Rens grape green tea bubble tea. And you know I could have said bubble tea in general, but again there's so many different options and some of them like I can't do, so I have to be specific. No, that's fair. No, I think that I think you're correct. You have to be specific on exactly what that was. All right, my number three is my only, en- I was going to say energy drink. It's not an energy drink. It's my only sport drink. And I feel, and again, I picked the Coke version of this. Interesting. I didn't even realize I did that. I feel like this came out, like this brand launched when I was a kid. I could be wrong, but I feel like it launched when I was a kid. And everyone started drinking this shit whether you had gone for a run or not or whether you had just played a sport or not kids were showing up to school with this in their lunchbox and i'm talking about powerade and in this case we need the blue powerade so now not not powerade zero and i understand there's a large amount of people who like like live and die by lemon lime powerade that's not me okay i understand i appreciate the lemon lime but it's got to be the blue. blue. So in terms of, I, I liken Powerade to candy. Where if someone offered you candy and they held out their hand and it had a whole bunch of different colors in it. If there was a yellow one, there was a purple one, there was a red one, there was an orange one, a, uh, and a blue one, and a green one, we'll say. Everyone's going for the blue one. You're going for blue or you're going for red. I don't even know why candy manufacturers make anything but blue or red because those are easily the most popular colors in terms of candy because if you go for purple there's a risk you're getting like black licorice or something whereas if it's grape it's fine but there's still that risk of black licorice if you get green it could be lime it could be green apple which is just rancid then if you go yellow it could be lemon which is okay or it could be banana which is really good so there's too much variable there. Orange is like mid. It's, it's never good or it's never like really good or never really bad. 
but red you know is gonna be cherry or maybe strawberry or some sort of like tropical fruit and that's gonna be bomb and blue is always like basically cherry but it's just a better color so that is why i'm going with blue powerade low-key underrated gatorade flavor though is the white cherry one it's so good just as a heads up so I did buy a Gatorade, a white Gatorade recently, but I didn't realize I had bought like some strange new Gatorade product where it's like super electrolyte or like super yeah. replenishment of these things. And it was thick. I had to water it down. Yeah. So if you ever see those in the uh, like... Like G Fuel or G something? I don't, I don't remember what it was called. It was, it was probably something like perform, like Gatorade Performance or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I, I was planning on being outside a lot in the sun that day. So I was like, okay, I'll go for the most bougie Gatorade I can find. And Mistakes it was a were thick made. boy. Mistakes were made. Um, my next one, uh, you can. it's funny. I had to be very specific for the last one. But you can throw a dart and pick anyone across the board on these ones. Dude, no, sometimes... I get a feeling for one of these and I can't get them. So like I, every time I see one, I got to stop and grab one. And it is just, it's so unique because not like you can go to other places and get these, but they're not the same. Dude, a 7-Eleven Slurpee is like God tier for slushies and Slurpees. Like, and dude, I'm a guy who loves a good icy at a ball game. Um, but there's something about a 7-Eleven, whether it's the Coke flavor or the Blue Powerade flavor or even cream soda or Sprite. The 7-Eleven, the Slurpee is always bang on. So that is my number three. I don't disagree. Uh, I Over the summer, every so often, I'd go up to my local Circle K and I would always get a watermelon Slurpee. And those were really good. Although I guess they're not those technically called Slurpees. They were, you know, called whatever the hell you'd call them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they can't call them slurping unless it's actually from Seven Eleven. But no, that's that's valid. I, I'll I'll take that one. My number two, because I've done Sprite, I've done Barks Root Beer, I've done Blue Powerade. My number two. This one, relatively new drink. This one, I don't think I've ever had unless I went to Taco Bell. Oh, so it's no. a Sunday afternoon, James, and <laughs> oh, football's man. about to start. So this is actually uh, uh, technically distributed by Pepsi. So here's here's a Pepsi one, pretty high Don't on the list. Say it. Don't say it. So that's the only that's the only knock I have against Taco Bell. I love me some Taco Bell, but Taco Bell not being a Coke establishment is what gets a negative in my list of uh, fast food places. Anyways, it's Sunday afternoon. Football's about to start. I don't do this anymore because I now bet on my phone, but I used to like go and uh, fill out a pro line ticket. And then right after that, you go over to the Taco Bell, you get yourself the Doritos Locos Tacos with uh, Fry Supreme and a piece of KFC chicken on the side. And your drink would oh, always have to be the Mountain Dew Baja, Baja Blast. Blast. <laughs> That's it. Dude. It's, uh, you say that, and I was at the Taco Bell at my local um, mall establishment, and I rem- this I this lady, she was like 50 years old, was just standing waiting for her order, just taking mad refills 
of the Baja Blast. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is made for 15-year-olds. And she's just mainlining this shit. Like, just, it was like a 20-year-old on spring break. Just, it was all, like, she's just killing the Baja Blast. And I'm like, I don't think this was made for you. Like, you know? So, I don't know, man. I've never tried it. I don't know that I can. It's good. It's real good. I feel like I don't have enough face piercings to drink Baja Blast. Like, I feel like I don't, like, I'm not into, like, I don't play dirt. Like, I'm not into rally cars. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. It feels like you need to have a, you need to have at least two X Games gold medals before you can have right? some Baja Blast. And like I love skateboarding, like I'm not good at it, but I like watching it. But I don't think I, I watch it enough to to drink Baja Blast. Um, all right, oh this one's tough. Okay, I'm gonna go with this. So my number two is the most white girl thing that I do. Oh, uh, I know what this is already. Yeah, um, and it is the you know I once had over 5,000 points on my Starbucks app because of ordering these. And I would always get the bonus points. And that is the Strawberry Acai Lemonade Refresher. Or sorry, no, Strawberry Acai Refresher with light lemonade, light ice, and no strawberry inclusions. It is Fenty, by the way, size. It is my go... It's pretty much my everyday... Not everyday because I would be poor, but... Um, like two or three times a week, I grab this drink, and I, I live and work close to a couple Starbucks, and it is it is my pick me up drink. You know, if I need a little bit extra, that's where I go. You know, I, I type all these things into a Google Sheet, and I know the the column isn't huge, but the fact that your number two took me three lines to write out what it was. <laughs> I think is a clear indication that it is a ridiculous order of oh, strawberry, acai refresher, light lemon, light ice, no strawberry, venti. Yeah. And the worst is when you go to order it, I'm like, can I get a strawberry acai refresher with light lemonade? And they go, okay, cool. What else? I'm like, no, 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 I'm not done. <laughs> light ice and like anything else. I'm like, oh, I'm not done. No strawberry inclusions. See, if you have to say no strawberry inclusions because if you say no strawberry, they go, well, then do you just want a lemonade? I'm like, no, not <laughs> no strawberry, like, I mean, no strawberry pieces because although I like bubble tea, it's weird. I like bubble tea, but I don't want to chew strawberries in my drink. It's very odd. I never end up chewing the fruit at the bottom of a Starbucks cup. I always No, just it comes through. It comes it through. I mean, pieces of it do, but like not the huge, massive chunks. That's true. No. I, so when you said uh, it was going to be a basic white girl thing of you to say, I typed in PSL for your uh, for your number two. I thought you were going to drop the pump, pumpkin spice latte on me, but I'm glad you didn't. I didn't want to steal your number one. Uh, it's not my number one, actually. <laughs> my number one is something that I always... Okay, so when you go to the movies, there is a clear advantage on movie theaters or anywhere really but like specifically i i always get this at a movie theater but there are times where you hit the on routes on the way to london ontario for smash wrestling or for greek town wrestling or you are on the way back for some bootleg show in peterborough ontario or something you hit one of those on routes and you hit one of the popeyes and 
maybe you're not really feeling Popeyes, but there's a reason why you go for the Popeyes because they have the Coke remix machines. Okay. Now we're talking the same thing with your Cineplex movies. You go into the Cineplex, even though you have a VIP ticket, before you go over to the VIP area, you go to the regular concession area and you get the biggest cup they have. So you hit the Coke remix machine before we go to your VIP seat. Okay. And what are you putting in that Coke remix? You're hitting the regular Coke, not the Coke Zero. Hitting regular Coke with vanilla. And there it is. The vanilla Coke is my number one non-alcoholic beverage. When I was in Cleveland recently, I brought back a case of canned vanilla Coke. Because for some reason, in this country, we don't sell vanilla Coke by can. You might be lucky to find one in a bottle in like some bootleg gas Dude, station the, convenience no, store. The convenience store across from Franklin Horner had all that. Yeah, but like that's what I mean. Like you go to some bootleg convenience store that has like drove sure, drove to Buffalo recently bootleg. and picked up a bunch of cases of vanilla Coke and cherry Coke. And you know it's American because you look at the can and it says 12 ounces because they talk in ounces there for some reason. So I wish we had vanilla Coke but I guess we don't have enough freedom in Canada to have vanilla Coke. But maybe back in the day, do you remember Coke Black? No. It was coffee and Coke in small bottles. Look it up, Coke Black. Coke Black. It was pretty good. Oh God, no! I do not remember this at all. I like. like it. I've seen the new cans that they have now, where it's coffee and Coke mixed together. But yeah. I've never so seen this is the same product, but I think it was marketed and it was in small glass bottles. It was great. It's B L A K Coke Black. Yeah, black. Um, my number one, very simple, lowest calorie intake on the menu. Okay. Um, and I'm lucky enough to work near one and live near one so that, again, I can get it anytime I want. In the spirit of the former Blue Jay, Jose Batista, is an orange-sickle booster juice. Uh, I, man, booster juice is so what fucking good. What a reach. Good. What a reach. Okay. <laughs> Booster juice is so fucking good, but Orange Sickle takes the cake. And I would have said an Orange Julius, but Orange Sickle from Booster Juice is just that much thicker, smoother. You know, it's that, you know, like you said, vanilla, right? It's orange and vanilla. I love creamsicles. So, like, Orange Sickle, and it's the lowest calorie one on the menu. Go figure. You know, you get the full size with a warrior booster and you are good to go for an afternoon, sir. I, I can't even make fun because back when I used to go to the office every day, there was a booster juice in the... So, like, my office is on top of a mall. So, I would go into the mall and go to the booster juice and then go up to the office. And I don't remember which one I used to get. I'm looking at the booster juice menu right Strawberry now. Strawberry Sunshine? I it might have been the pomegranate passion. Palm passion? I thought oh pomegranate pomegranate punch was the one I oh. used to get because that one has the whey protein in it, and I thought that yeah. was cool because it's like building muscle. I would have yeah, the, yeah, the right. whey protein in my uh, pomegranate palm passion. Punch. So like there's there's freshly squeezed that I'm not a huge fan of. Like it's kind of it's okay. There's jugo juice which is not nearly as good. Booster juice just has it, man, and all every like everything on the menu is decent. The protein balls of snacks are good, but like. They have the, like, Funky Monkey, I think, is one of the, it is, it's like banana and peanut butter. There is a Funky Monkey. It's banana, chocolate, almond milk, vanilla, frozen yogurt. That sounds all right. 
Yeah, there's uh, Palm Passion. There's Strawberry Sunshine, Mango Hurricane. There's uh, I can't believe you're naming all these. You actually got them right, pretty much. I know. There's one called like Terminator or something. Like um, I think uh, I don't have a Terminator on the list. I have a oh. Tropicale and a Tropical Tornado. Maybe I'm thinking of Tropical Tornado. Tease. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm an I'm just a very simple orange sickle guy, man. Two ingredients: orange, vanilla frozen and sickle. Yeah, orange <laughs> and sickle. Orange and sickle. <laughs> All right, so that is our top five favorite non-alcoholic drinks. I do uh, think Booster Juice was a was a good pick. Uh, it's not vanilla Coke, but I I am now wishing I put the pomegranate punch on my list. But you live and learn. I think it's now time for shout outs, though. Is it okay? That's right. It's time for shout-outs. Everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's the segment where we get to listen to one of the greatest entrance musics in the history of WWE. That's a good top five right there. The best entrance music in all of WWE, Ooh, but or not or wrestling in general. But I think that. what we'd have to do in that case, I think I'd have to send you my top five beforehand, and we'll play them. So out. we can we can play a clip here and there. Like yeah. obviously keep it short so we don't get you know demonetized <laughs> not like we're making a whole lot of money off this podcast regardless but nevertheless it is time for our shout outs where we like to shout someone or something out to go out on a high note and a positive note someone or something that has impacted ourselves or the world in a way that we appreciate i will go first because i don't know if james has one and i kind of sprung this on him in the last second my shout out goes to we're going to give it to one particular person. I was going to say a number of people, but I think one person is more um, deserving of the shout out. And that is one Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann is considered as like the father of The Last of Us. I think he's the writing credit and the producing credit and the directing credit of the video game. And he has like an executive producer credit on the television show. And the TV show did just get a trailer released today. And... It looks so cool. And I know we talked a bit about it at the beginning of the show. But I know this has got to mean a lot to Neil of having this vision for a video game and you've created it and you made two of the greatest video games of all time. Certainly two of the best stories ever told in a video game before. And now for so like for so long people think of video games as like this redheaded stepchild of the entertainment industry especially one that are trying to like tell a narrative story. The fact that he's able to have told that story in a video game and people have recognized how great of a story it was that they wanted to make it into a television series and not just make it into a television series, but make it into an HBO television series. And we're going to get the guy from Chernobyl to be a part of it. And we're going to get Pedro Pascal to be the lead. And we're going to get Bella Ramsey to be Ellie. Like it's just it must be really cool for him to see all this come together. And I appreciate the last of us. I think is one of, I mentioned it on our top five favorite video games of all time is my number two. I can't wait to see this thing. And I am glad Neil Druckmann came up with this story. And that is why he is my shout out for this week. That's good, man. I mean, I'm glad video games are finally getting the record. I mean, 
I would say close to 100 years ago in like the 30s, right? When movies and silent film became a thing, people used to be called moviegoers, right? Because it was a weird kind of offshoot entertainment and you had to be in a certain social group to go see movies and you were film goers or moviegoers. I think it was film goer was the was the terminology. And then eventually that just faded away as film became more mainstream and everyone kind of partook in it. No one was called a film goer anymore. I eventually surmise that the term gamer will disappear because it will just be a part of everyone's life. Like it will still be called gaming, but I don't think you'll be called a gamer because everybody does it. I mean, everyone does it now. Don't tell me you don't play shit on your phone. Like it's, it's a thing, right? So, you know, with the last of us and I, you know, as much as we talked about halo, like Halo's getting a second season and, and finished really strong. Like the series finished. Did you finish it? No, Paramount Plus was a bit of an issue on whatever. I think I was trying to use it on my Xbox, and I tried. Basically, I couldn't find a good way to watch anything on Paramount Plus, so I stopped trying to watch it. Well, maybe I'll just give you my uh, my server. Hey, we don't need to. Uh, yeah, um, no but, need to incriminate yourself in any yeah, way. Right? James watched it on Paramount Plus as well. He paid for Paramount Plus, and he yeah, watched it on Paramount. I'm at my my login server for Paramount Plus to see if it works for you. Um, right. <laughs> But it, Halo finished really strong. It's getting a second season. It's getting a lot of hype. So um, it's good to see that kind of stuff. Uh, my shout out is actually to someone I haven't met yet. Someone I don't know who they are yet. Um, it could be literally anybody. Uh, my shout out is to whoever the person is that catches Aaron Judge's home run that isn't Zach Hample. Uh as long anybody but that guy, as long as anybody gets that ball and you're not named Zach Hample, you deserve a shout out from me because, you know, we talked, uh, I had a text from one of my colleagues, you know, what would you ask for, for the ball? And I said, I would ask for some autograph shit, a couple photographs, maybe the gloves. Maybe I would trade for something else that's a part of it, but not as significant. You know what I mean? Um, because I know what the ball would mean. Maybe the gloves, like his batting gloves would mean less, right? Like I would, I would ask, um, but I don't think I would keep it. I don't think I would sell it. And I'm not the kind of guy to, to chase it down, to, to rub it or in anyone's face like that douchebag. So um, yeah, anybody but Zach Hample. I wonder if he's in town. Is he in town? I would imagine he has to be. What a fucking loser. <laughs> All right, and that's our shout-outs, trying to keep yeah. it on a positive note on the way out. Fuck Zach Hample. That's how we, that we do things <laughs> that's here our on the show. <laughs> and this show, of course, is 43.6. Thanks for subscribing and following along with us for this ride. We appreciate it. Make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe to 43.6. Go to your favorite podcast services and search for 43.6 and subscribe. And we will see you next week for episode 25.